Sean Payton, I mean, they were on the hook for this whole tampering thing because uh, they were talking to Sean Payton. For like two years. The <laughs> they wanted Payton for two years. I think they went after someone else, and that didn't work out. They definitely wanted Dable, and he, but they didn't offer him because they were trying to wait on a big name. Yeah, McDaniel's like the fourth guy, so it might actually work. <laughs> they didn't exactly. Want <laughs> the, the, the reason this team, this franchise, would be uh, you know inclined to have success is because it, it wasn't their idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they wanted to dump Tua, probably in the worst way. Yeah. So uh, when he wins the MVP this year, I mean, the reason it'll have worked out is because the Miami Dolphins didn't want to have anything to do with it. They were all in on Watson. And now we see what Watson's going to be. This is going to be a whole disaster all year long. Yeah. Two as a consummate pro who they didn't want, so he might work out with the coach they didn't want, so they might work out like gangbusters. <laughs> That's the one thing that really gives me rise for hope, though. I mean, if you've been watching this franchise over the last 20-plus years, you talk about fuel by self-sabotage. Yes. That is. That's true. You're Miami Dolphins. That, that should be on the billboard. Miami Dolphins, fueled by self-sabotage. <laughs> the time. Wake up with Defoe. Joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. Great to be with you here on the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest and one Mike Luby Lubitz as we begin a Tuesday morning here on South Florida Live. With you until 9 o'clock, Dave Hyde of the South Florida Sun Sentinel Outstanding Column is going to join us at about 8 o'clock this morning. So uh, we'll share his perspective. Uh, he's been writing a lot about the Miami Dolphins. Uh, of course, a uh, very touching piece of tribute to uh, Jason Jenkins, who was a vice president of the Miami Dolphins in their front office uh, in charge of public relations and did all kinds of charitable work, was a real, real mensch of a human being. Everybody liked this guy. And uh, that, that's uh, not necessarily always the M.O., now of uh, PR directors of uh, pro teams who have become more distant uh, than they were, say, what? <laughs> How many years ago did you break in, Defoe? <laughs> did, did you cover the red stockings? <laughs> no, I've been doing this a long time. I've always uh, gotten a very reasonable cooperation from uh, the various public relations directors, sports information directors, uh, you know, working in conjunction with them. Many times, as we've said, uh, most of my... Could you call this a career down here in uh, South Florida? And even before that, when I was writing for newspapers in California, and, uh, you know, th that amazed me. Uh, the Dodger organization, I will always be a fan of. Uh, now, I don't know if things have changed and they've gotten a little more standoffish or protective of what they were doing, but they were always extremely welcoming to the press and their fans and uh, did some things that uh, went way beyond what you would normally expect a team of that stature to do, which, by the way, Luby, the Dodgers 50 games over 500. Is that right? Are they 50 games over 500 this year? LA Dodgers, they beat the Marlins last night. Another uh, just embarrassing uh, one run loss for the Marlins, who uh, got to the ninth inning uh, in a 2 2 tie. They gave up a run in the top of the 10th. They load the bases with one away in the bottom of the 10th inning. Can't score to run. They're 51 a, games disaster. over 500. 51. <laughs> 51 games. So, so, see, I didn't even count that game from last night because I was reading like uh, this morning's post, which is. Following in the motto and the, uh, you know, modus operandi of, uh, of my old newspaper, the Ontario Daily Report, known as the Daily Distort. And the motto was yesterday's news tomorrow. 
<laughs> Speaking of yesterday's news, I mean, this is not necessarily a good omen to start out the show. And I, we, we couldn't be happier than to be with you. Dave Hind uh, wrote a lot about Jenkins, also about Stephen Ross, about the Miami Dolphins. He's followed them uh, very closely through the preseason. So uh, we'll get some perspective about what he's seen. Uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, you're seeing the Dolphins cutting guys with names that normally you would think that they would covet having on their roster, Sony Michelle. As uh, widely speculated yesterday, uh, John Kajemi talked about it. There may not be a spot on the roster for Michelle. Guess what? He was right. No Sony Michelle cut yesterday. And uh, also uh, Mohamed Sanu, who was a wide receiver that uh, he would have coveted years ago. Yeah. Uh, not years ago, but, I mean, in recent times, you would have said, wow, if we can get Sanu, then that's got to be a, an upgrade for the receiving core. And whoosh, gone, man. Yep. So I, is that a good sign when you're cutting good players? Yes. I mean, it's not like Sony Michel. Sony Michel was uh, just recently a stroke of Belichick genius, wasn't he? Where everybody uh, looks and goes, wow, where'd Belichick get this guy? Everybody else passed on him. How did Bill do it? And he was uh, ruining the Miami Dolphins and other teams as well in the AFC when he was running the football for the New England Patriots. Last year was with the uh, Super Bowl champion Rams, right? Sony Michel? Yes. And uh, I don't know that he was a big factor in their uh, winning the championship, but he was on the field for all of their postseason games, had at least a carry in each of their postseason games. How about that one, Louie? I found that little gem today. Look at you. <laughs> in other words, I read the paper, which which I was about to read from to uh, begin the show here. But but there's a reason for it. There's a method to my madness here uh, with this. Uh, not that there's often a method to any form of madness. But um, it, this is my horoscope for today. It doesn't bode well for a guy that's in this business. <laughs> It never does. <laughs> I'm so curious. In terms of uh, astrological signs, uh, they, they really understand the radio business because it's based on nothing. <laughs> it's based on what could be, in many people's opinion, just pure fantasy and, uh, you know, a pipe dream here that uh, you're actually accurate with this. Although I, I do find uh, some of these horoscopes uh, to be, I mean, these, these are capsulizations. Obviously, today's horoscope for everybody that was born like in the month of July June 22nd of July 23rd that uh, falls under the cancer sign, which I do. Not that cancer, not the big C. Don't get your hopes up, Luby. Hopes up. How about Mayo giving me two years to live on the uh, food show while he was stuffing his face with like 17 <laughs> different sandwiches? <laughs> the naive of this guy. We love you, Mike. Uh, all right, here, here it is. I mean, and this is not good for, for somebody that's in this racket, right? Uh, the horoscope begins uh, very blatantly with uh, keep your opinions to yourself today. What? All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you do that? <laughs> Where do we go from here? I mean, it's that song that you always play anytime that we're trying to figure out what the fuck. Oh, my right? God. <laughs> Keep your opinions to yourself today because if the powers that be, now this would have applied when we were working in, uh, you know, terrestrial uh, yeah. structured radio with management that was all paranoid about their own position and really had no idea what you were doing on the air. That, that was the interesting <laughs> thing about that business is like they didn't give a flying one what you did on the air for the most part they would formulate a quick opinion about whether they like your show or not and if it was even remotely unconventional they didn't yeah. like it right away it was like hey what are you doing here you gotta you gotta play the hits yep. what hits <laughs> i love that when the uh, consultant in the sports talk business kept harping on me play the hits play the hits no one cares about your experience at the racetrack I said, yeah, but all the guys who were listening, they were all there. <laughs> <laughs> Our entire audience was at the Breezeway Bar yesterday, Gulfstream Park, or down in Hialeah, punching away on the machines. All right, so uh, keep your opinions to yourself today, because if the powers that be consider what you say to be over the top or in poor taste, 
it could cost you dearly. How about that? That's funny. Well, they always considered what I said to be, uh, I don't know about over the top, but certainly in poor taste. <laughs> that was always applicable. Try to remember that not everyone shares your offbeat sense of humor. Jesus. Which is a shame. <laughs> See, now, the gods of astrology have, uh, you know, kind of made amends there and, and said, you know what? They don't get you, but, uh, you know, realize that and uh, you're a lot safer just saying nothing. So uh, no Trump stuff today. All right. <laughs> okay, thanks. What were you doing with those documents, Tony boy? I mean, no, what the hell was that? All right. Uh, I also wanted to begin by saying I, I love the smell of point spreads in the morning. I, I really do. I mean, there's nothing like it. And, and it's really getting uh, that whole debate about whether springtime, please come to Boston in the springtime or the fall or the which one is the best time of the sports calendar year. There's no doubt about it. It's right now. Yep. It's happening right now, especially with the emphasis on degeneracy and the fact that FanDuel and DraftKings have taken over the entire media now have their own channels. TVG going with like a FanDuel channel. It's not even going to be called TVG anymore. It's like FanDuel Sports. They bought a racetrack, Fairmont Park, a dump of a racetrack. You know where the handicapper was at Fairmont Park? Where? And, and I, I don't know if he's still around. I want to say, wow, over under on Jay Randolph. Do you remember the announcer, well, Jay course. Randolph? Yeah. He was the original play-by-play uh, -play -play guy, and I, I think he was pretty much past his prime when he got the play-by-play -play job with the Marlins. And uh, when, when they were uh, first uh, coming into existence in, uh, what was that, 1993? The uh, Marlins, 93, was that their first season? Yes. Uh, I'm going to say yes to that. Yes, yes. Uh, Jay Randolph was the uh, television announcer, uh, I believe. Uh, was Gary Carter the color announcer yes. on, on those uh, broadcasts? Gary Carter? I think so. I liked Gary Carter. Who, who didn't like Gary Carter? That's great. I guess there were people that didn't like Gary Carter. I don't know that he was a great announcer. He wasn't bad. Kid. Jay Randolph was kind of boring, though, I mean, for me. Uh, although a very nice man. Could not have been a nicer guy. That, why do we always have to say that? Well, because, I mean, you could be lousy at your job and be and a prick sucked. also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not uncommon in this record, where you're bad at your job, <laughs> and because of that, you're a prick. <laughs> uh, hey, Bay. We try to pull the curtain back for you to tell what it's well, like we, to be. Uh, people yeah. always say, hey, what's it like to have a job like that, man? I mean, uh, there, there's a lot of good to it. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But a lot of shit comes with it. That scene in Shawshank Redemption really uh, tells you everything you need to know about life. That if you really want to get there, you're going to have to swim through a big swim through a big pile of shit. Yes. To get to what it is that you want to do. In most cases, unless yes. you're just handed like a silver spoon or something. I, I don't know. Then you can kind of dodge all of that crap. It's good. Point spreads all over the place, including, I mean, a full slate, like a big slate of Major League Baseball today. The uh, Dodgers are favored over the Mets on the road, and the Mets have Walker going, who's uh, been a little gimpy lately. I'm, I'm uh, very familiar with this guy, not because uh, my son does his taxes. He doesn't really reveal the details of all of that. But, uh, you know, I kind of feel an affinity for him because it's one of the, you know, accounts my son got when he went to this new firm as a CPA. Uh, he's doing uh, Walker's taxes, which I, I believe uh, I, I know this much. I, I think he gets like one check and that's it. That's all he has to do is like uh, qualify whatever it is that he wants to off of this one check. But it's for $10 million. <laughs> $10 million. The money in sports, I, I mean, holy Earl of Pearl Monroe. I don't want to, you know, get into a tangent here. But uh, R.J. Barrett, $100 million, $120 million. Now, now, he had a good season last year. Was he great? Oh, no. The money that's in the NBA is just insane. This guy's 22 years old. He, he finally, like, uh, broke through after looking like uh, yeah. he was going to be on the all-Dolly Parton team, all-Bostology. 
had a nice year and I looked apart. Uh, the Donovan Mitchell stuff, I guess, was falling apart and they decided to go ahead and ink this guy to a long term extension, which they might have been doing anyway. Yeah. But uh, the thought that R.J. Barrett is worth like twenty five to thirty million dollars a season. Is a little, I mean, uh, it's a little out there, is it not? I mean, doing the calculations, my God, they always, you know, say, that, what would magic have been worth today, huh? Larry oh, Bird. Oh, good. Holy moly. That, that was unbelievable. Uh, the uh, Dodgers are favored over on the road, and they just uh, played last night here in Miami. And uh, they're on the road tonight against the New York Mets in New York at City Field, and uh, they are favored in this ballgame. Uh, now, they rested Mookie Betts. He came into the game uh, late because they had to make some kind of, you know, lineup switch. They had lost the DH, and they brought in a new pitcher, and so they threw Betts out there, uh, I believe, in left field at the end of the ball game. But, uh, I mean, uh, and, and they've been winning, and they did beat the Marlins a couple of times. Now, they won three out of four in a series. Was that a four-game series? I believe it was. They were playing last night for some reason. I don't know if that was a makeup game. Uh, the Dodgers certainly weren't in here at any previous time in the season, were they? Oh, they come here once, which is all going to change next year. Are you a fan of that, Luby? This uh, Manfred Van thing where uh, now all teams are going to play all of the other teams in the other league each season. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it used to be like just one division you would take on. Yeah, uh, like yeah. the uh, AL East would take on the NL East one year, and then they take on the Central. Uh, now now they're uh, going to play like an equivalent number of games uh, with, with you know, spreading it around with virtually everybody. More games in your own division, but far less than they were playing versus each opponent in the division. Well, what do you think? You like that good better? for the Marlins. I mean, the Marlins usually suck against their division. Um, that was a weird four-game set from Friday to Monday. <laughs> That's sort of unusual. Yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> maybe travel. Maybe they didn't want to give the fans a doubleheader on Sunday? I, maybe. Yeah, Is that it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Probably so, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, the Marlins uh, lost that to the Dodgers. 51 games over 500. Jeez. Going against the Mets tonight. Far and away the best team in baseball at this stage, the Dodgers. And uh, you have to lay 135 to win 100 if you like the Dodgers. You get plus 110 if you like the Mets tonight. With Walker going, who's 10-3 and three on the season. Uh, no, t- uh, yeah, 10-3 and three, uh, with a 3.38 earn run average. Worth every penny of that $10 million they're paying him. Not bad. All right. And he's going against uh, Haney for the <laughs> Dodgers, a relative unknown. Although, um, is he a reliever? Is that uh, they starting out? Is that a bullpen game for the Dodgers or something? I don't, I don't know. know. Haney. Two and one with a 1.94 earn run average. I presume he's Team's a record then, is seven yeah. and two in games that he starts. Okay. So, no. So, he must be a part of their I rotation, right? I don't know. Maybe he was injured. He's banged up. He's a young dude. All right, yeah, well, I mean, he's made enough starts uh, for the team to be 7-2 and two in games that he started. So, uh, yeah, Haney uh, going for the uh, Dodgers tonight. What do you think? That, that's our first recommendation. Now, we're playing the Metsies over the Dodgers. They'll probably lose 11-1. That's where we're starting. We're giving you a loser right here at the top. People, what more could you ask for in a show like this? <laughs> uh, now, college football, and, and this is going to be a lot of fun because uh, it, it cranks, and, and uh, college football will be on, what, seven nights a week? You would have to think they don't take a night off, do they, in college football? I mean, there are so many teams, so many games. And uh, uh, what level of attractiveness uh, these games have, I'm not exactly sure. There are a couple 
that, that looked like they might be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, but we start out on Thursday night. Yes. Uh, Pittsburgh, West Virginia. We talked about that with John Kajemi, who, of course, uh, was a quarterback at Pittsburgh on uh, Dateline Dolphins yesterday here on the show. Um, he he kind of likes Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had a real good year last year. Our good friend Charlie Partridge is the defensive line coach there. He was the head coach at FAU. We got to know Charlie. We really liked the fact that he was uh, just a down-to-earth guy that was a lot of fun to talk to, had a lot of great opinions and, and a brilliant way of expressing himself and he would say things about other teams in college football a lot of times when when you get a coach on uh even in this case it was like what, what were we calling that thing fau spotlight with charlie partridge and we always try to be uh, okay with the schools that were not necessarily the the big wazoo when we were covering local sports here on a basis where you would have to consider some element of fairness right so so we would talk to the fiu basketball coach even though i mean to be honest let's face it we had like 0.0 interest in fiu basketball is that fair to say i mean zero point coach zero. the coaches were always interesting to talk to but yes yeah, yeah. They I mean, they're doing their job. <laughs> i can't tell you what the record was until they came on with us <laughs> hey you got tonight coach right i mean that was the open question we didn't even know what the schedule was FAU uh, was sort of in that same category because uh, you're, you're going to be very University of Miami centric if you're operating yeah. in, in this town where we uh, originate from here. For you people that are listening in Guam or watching in Guam, <clears throat> South Florida is our home. So uh, naturally, and if you haven't detected that, uh, you know, heavy emphasis on South Florida sports. Who, who do we have on? Columnists from uh, local newspapers here and people that we know from uh, you know the local area. But uh, nonetheless, uh, UM was kind of a universal team during this period of time and uh, you know very very much a, a heavy presence here in south florida because why luby they were winning yeah they've won and they were exciting and they were interesting and they were controversial and uh, you know what they were damn good and, and they were entertaining and a lot of fun to watch they really were i mean you had a pro style offense in a college game when schnelly started this whole thing uh, we're not going to run the ball in every play just because dr tom osborne has won several championships that way we're uh, we're planning on throwing it deep. They're like, wow, go ahead. Throw me, uh, you know, a couple of bombs there, Howie. And uh, Schnelly did that, and he had the quarterbacks to do it. And, and then Jimmy uh, proliferated that uh, whole thing, perpetuated it, and uh, kept it going. And, and you had the same thing going with Dennis Erickson, although it was a little bit looser and, and wilder, uh, whatever that offense was that Dennis was running. Uh, remember, they always uh, were, like, uh, criticized. What? One back? What are you kidding me? One back? <laughs> I just remember Jamie German. You remember that kid, Jamie German? Yes. I guess uh, was it Jamie or Jamie? It was Jamie, I think. I think it was Jamie, Jamie German. Jamie. And, and he was the number one uh, recruit out of Florida, which is saying a lot. I mean, you're the number one guy in the state. He was like Mr. Football in, in uh, Florida. And he signed with the University of Miami. He never really did much. I, I just remember I was on the sidelines one day, and, and Jamie German was getting splattered all over the place as he uh, you know, caught a pass very briefly, fumbled it, popped up in the air and the other team took it back for a touchdown. And I, I remember Dennis Erickson, I, I think he had pulled every strand of hair that he had out of his head because he couldn't believe that this guy, uh, you know, it was dropping balls like that. Butch Davis, of course, came in, did a real good job. Uh, unbelievable. Maybe the best recruiting run in the history of college football over a brief span. Now that would be eclipsed of course, by anything Nick Saban is doing today, but is it fair to compare? Because uh, Butch Davis, yes, he had a program that was established, but uh, he didn't have a program like Alabama is established now and uh, entrenched in there. He wasn't in the SEC. It wasn't, uh, you know, I mean, UM still was a, a football factory. But, wow, the depth that he had on, on the same roster, 
but was uh, just uh, unbelievable at, at uh, a variety of positions. I think Edrin James was like a backup running back uh, while uh, he was playing, uh, you know, at the you – know, it might have been third string behind, uh, what, Frank Gore and uh, – No, no, no. James was, was before them. James was in the mid-'90s. He was before them, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had like, a, on the same roster, just an unbelievable – Yes, they had a running back uh, that was know, ridiculous. You know, depth, uh, you know, at the position and, and, and virtually every position, much like Alabama does today, right? Alabama could probably take its second string and uh, easily defeat Utah State. Oh, yeah. In their opening game by, by 30 and cover the point spread. What is the spread on that game, by the way? It's got to be like 40 or something. Alabama, 41. It's climbing. Those big, uh, you know, goofballs that are the backers of Alabama, the Elmos, et cetera, they, uh, they're sending it in on uh, Alabama in this game. Uh, all right, Pittsburgh, though, uh, what do you think, Luby? Did, did we get enough of a perspective there? Now, John Kajemi, I, I I know he's honest and straightforward and, and as straight up as they come. I mean, a wonderful human being. If you can't trust what John Kajemi's saying, you can't trust anybody. All right? I, I don't think this guy doesn't stretch the truth. He, he doesn't uh, over-embellish. He doesn't exaggerate. Uh, but he probably does have uh, a little bit, you would have to think, he, he has somewhat of a slight bias both Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh, oh, yeah. uh, you know, football team. No. Oh, for sure. But he's honest. He's not like ignorant. I mean, they're a top twenty team. They put yeah. a quarterback into the first round of the NFL draft. Their defensive lines every year. And that's not even a bias to Partridge. Partridge literally takes guys that are three stars every year and makes them NFL first and second round draft picks. Like their defensive line every year is one of the best defensive lines in the country. So if you have a defensive line like that, you know, it allows you to definitely. Uh, be consistent. I just, I don't know what they're going to be without Pickett. That's my, he didn't really address yeah. that. That was what I was waiting for him to bring up. They're not Alabama. You would think, yeah, that's a drop off. No, you no know, matter like, what. Well, that's the thing is they're not Georgia or Ohio State where you lose a quarterback in the first round and okay, <laughs> you like Pitt, lose a quarterback in the first round, they usually fall off. So I'm curious what they are. West Virginia is not supposed to be anything special, but still it's not like a cupcake. So I'm curious. What no, the uh, line was seven, uh, went to seven and a hook, uh, according to my uh, chart here. Uh, Penn State is uh, believed to be highly underrated by many people. I don't know if it's many people, but it is the truth for the guy that I read his article this morning on CBS Sports. Line <laughs> at the Penn State. Oh, yeah, the whole world thinks they're underrated. I always love that when people do that. Uh, I don't know. Is that a natural extrapolation? Do you believe that Penn State is, is one of the more underrated teams this year? Because if you do, you'd be tempted to go ahead and lay the three and a hook with Penn State on the road against Purdue. Holy Bob Greasy. What does Purdue have? That, that makes you think that they're uh, going to be within three and a hook of a team that uh, some uh, college football analysts feel is, is as underrated as any team in the country. In fact, I, I did make a note of this uh, article, because I know you love this kind of stuff here, where you got a chart there and you can debate whether or not the guy's right. Uh-huh. Um, he has uh, the most overrated teams in college football, as uh, Texas, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, and Texas A&M in reverse order. Uh, his his uh, top four most overrated teams, Texas A&M was number one on this guy's list. Most overrated oh, team. Yeah. Now, uh, you would like nothing better than to see Jimbo Fisher do a pratfall, go all Jerry Lewis on this, and uh, be flat on his face after one game, embarrassed, and have all of those rich oil men, uh, you know, telling him, you're not even going to be able to drive your car, Jimbo. <laughs> I just look. It's funny because no sympathy for the devil, though. No sympathy yeah. for the devil. He signed up for this. Yeah. Well, he recruits yeah. really well, but he loses four games. Like they beat Alabama last year and still lost four games. Like if you're going to beat Alabama, that's yeah. got to be your big year. And then he went on to lose four games. <laughs> like I, I don't know what to do with that guy. And I, I think that 
Look, that's the thing with the SEC that people don't talk about is it's really a two-program conference at this point. Like, LSU, yeah, with Kelly, you would think they'll resurface, but they fell off the last two years. Florida's fallen off. I mean, people are excited about Nap- Napier, but they've fallen off. Like, the rest of the A&M's recruited well, but they haven't won at all. Tennessee has lots of NIL money, so they're recruiting better. But, like, outside of Bama and Georgia, the rest of the conference has been eh. Like, that's what I find funny about all the, the Big Ten's been better top to bottom than the SEC. They're deeper. Every time you mention Tennessee, I think of rice checks. I mean, uh, that end zone thing. I know, I hate that. Doesn't it look like a box of wheat checks or something? Is it a time they maybe, like, drew something else in there besides the stupid checkerboard that they have? Oh um, all right, God. so they have Texas A&M as the number one overrated team. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, I mean, he, he was uh, the guy that was uh, most apropos uh, to uh, talk about uh, what was the uh, definitive uh, negative about uh, Florida State football, which was uh, no matter how good they were, they always lost to, like, North Carolina State. Yeah, that was Bobby's Somehow, over. inexplicably, every year. Bobby did it, and uh, I think Jimbo followed in his footsteps. Although uh, Jimbo did carve out that national championship, you gave him a free pass for the rest of his life. Then he screwed you, and now you hate him, just like he was the devil incarnate uh, himself, uh, Nick Saban. Unbelievable. Uh, Oklahoma State, I don't know enough about Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy's there, of course, uh, you know, more known for his mullet than he is uh, his coaching. And, of course, the famous statement, I'm a man. I'm a man. Yes, I am. And I can. Na, 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 na. I think it's and I love you so. Uh, the old Chicago song. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, outside of that, I mean, he seems like, uh, you know, he's always got Oklahoma State uh, as a factor. As uh, they should be, should they not, right? I mean, uh, who's the guy? What is it, the oil guy that that has all the money pumped in Oklahoma State? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's Uh, a big benefactor there, man? I mean, uh, they have, like, facilities that uh, even the Rams couldn't imagine. T. Boone Pickens. Is he still alive? T. Boone Pickens, yeah. Is he around? I don't know. Did he roll the seven, this guy? He was old as sin before. (laughs) He was like a 1,000 years old, though, and when we first uh, saw him on the scene there. Yeah, he Methuselah. died. He I, died three years ago. I knew that. I'm like, I don't think he's still alive. Okay. He was in his 80s when he built that stadium. <laughs> like, that was like over a decade so, ago. <laughs> like Michelangelo, this guy, man. I mean, like in 96, he's painting the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, can you do a little more on the roof there, Mike? Okay, yeah. People only lived to be like 45 years old. That, that was one of the more fascinating things about uh, these tours I took in Italy where, uh, you know, they were always talking about Michelangelo. Uh, it was Michelangelo, and uh, that was about it, right? And uh, Vito Anafermo, those were the two most popular guys that were yeah. talked about while traveling <laughs> <Yeah>. in Italy. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have considered Vito's face uh, somewhat of a canvas. I mean, if you wanted to depict what life is like in the ring there, I mean, nothing but scar tissue and cuts. That was it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Pickens was an old. I mean, so they are they still accountable for all of the money that this guy uh, put into the program? Is there somebody else? Is it like. You know, when uh, your loan shark dies and you're thinking, oh, good, man, I can't believe it. Eddie passed away. And then you realize, okay, it's only a matter of time before the phone rings and somebody on the other end with a very ugly voice says, uh, don't worry, you're still on a clock. (laughs) Clock? What what, what clock? What what are you talking about? Clock? Who's this? (laughs) Exactly. You play it off. (laughs) What? You said you know Luca Panici? I mean, that, that doesn't necessarily qualify you as the inheritor. Uh, of this loan that I owe, this debt that I owe. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, they're going to get crushed like a grape, aren't they, in this opening game? Isn't that the way it's going to go? I mean, I I saw a couple of profiles uh, of the coach coming in there, Freeman. Marcus Freeman, yeah, people are very excited yeah. about him. 
It seems. I mean, look, if you're going to root for a guy to succeed, we made a joke uh, parallel yesterday to uh, Jerry Faust that they're going to consider him, uh, you know, the next Jerry Faust after he gets pummeled by Ohio State. But um, I, I don't think so. I, I, this guy seems like he should be able to do some some good, no? Marcus Freeman? Yeah, or does mean, he does he end up at Toledo after a couple of years? <laughs> I, I don't know. If, like, a lot of people were excited about his hire. Um, so that's cool. He was only their defense coordinator for a year, and before that he was at Cincinnati. So I yeah. just don't know if he's going to be able to – like, right now they have the number one recruiting class. I don't know if he's going to sustain that. Um, they're a top five team, but they have question marks at quarterback, at running back, across their offensive line. So I, I just, I don't know if they're going to be able to hold this. And then there's also a lot of murmurs, rumors about them moving, staying, like, independent. So I think a lot of that's a lot for a young coach. And the dude's young, like, he's yeah. in his late 30s, early 40s. Seems to, you know, have the right mindset, though. I mean, and, and able to, uh, you know... I mean, impact young kids with his message that that was the impression i got that yeah, uh, he was relatable very relatable and uh, a guy that might do some good there in notre dame i, I don't know but uh, they run into uh, you know just a brick wall to start the season taking on ohio state on the road and, and uh, that that spanking may be an ugly way to to start out a career uh, you know i mean does, does he end up a temple after this uh, <laughs> There's a career spike. You went from Notre Dame in your first head coaching job to Temple in your next. Or, or I don't know. Does Shiana retire and finally you throw in a towel at Rutgers? Nah, he never will. He's hard-nosed. All right, so uh, that's all part of a Thursday slate, uh, the Pittsburgh-West Virginia game. Oklahoma State uh, is a 21-point favorite over Central Michigan. Uh, you have Tennessee, 34 over Ball State, David Letterman's uh, alma mater. Penn State three and a hook over Purdue, and, and that could be an interesting game to watch because if this guy is right, then uh, that should be a rout. And uh, a couple of other games uh, look to be or loom to be blowouts there as uh, Cupcake City is uh, in exhibit uh, or on exhibit here in uh, week number one after it was just as much on display in week zero, which uh, we did see an upset at least of some proportion as uh, a near touch, uh, two touchdown favorite. Uh, went down with Scott Frost in Nebraska losing in Ireland to uh, Northwestern, which uh, people didn't expect much from. And, and then you have a, a bunch of games on uh, Friday night and, and, of course, a giant slate of college football on Saturday, Luby. And uh, Sunday, uh, you have a couple of games, including mm-hmm. the big one for you and the big litmus test for our degenerates early in the season. Yeah, I thought the line would be opening up. It's still staying there. For now, at least. I don't know what's going to happen this week. Very interesting. Perhaps people are buying your argument and your contentions. I don't watch That you're too. putting forth on the show here. That it's not as bad as it looks. I wanted to get to like Florida six. State Seminoles. Six or seven. Then I was going to buy four. At three, I would have taken LSU. I was just figuring it'd get to like a touchdown. And then at a touchdown, I could see FSU hanging around around a touchdown. I don't like the three. I, I, I think LSU will win if it's three. Like, I think LSU's going to win the game. I just think FSU... Should be able to hang around in it in a way Josh Booty and Ken don't. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm rarely right about this kind of stuff when I jump on it. And, you know, I mean, uh, it's not like I'm sending in my life savings on these games. But uh, if I was, uh, you know, inclined to put a stick up on this one, I, I, w- I would go with a stick on LSU, uh, thinking that they probably will cover the three points based on what Josh Booty had to say. Now, I mean, you talk about bias here. We're talking about Kajemi and his Pittsburgh connections. Uh, you know, who's more LSU than Josh Booty? 
I lied. He, he left the Marlins <laughs> to go play for LSU, for God's sake. Right? He had a cush job there with the Marlins. All he had to do was hit 260, and he probably would have been making like $15 million When a he year. bounces back and forth between Louisiana, like, I think he's here now, but he's there during the, like, his kids are there. I don't know. Like, he has family there. Like, he's... And he coaches there. like he's that, in That's the way to do lot. it, by the way. You be here in Miami, <laughs> and your family is in another state. I'm not saying, or his family might be here. Never mind all this soapy <laughs> business about it. It's all about family. No, it isn't. It's about uh, you know being able to do what you want to do at all times without interference. His family may be here. He goes back there because he's from there, and he, he was coaching, I think, high school ball there, and he has camps, and like... He does a lot with Louisiana, so I don't. I'm yeah. not saying his opinion was biased because he kept bringing it up himself, saying, "Look, I know I'm an LSU guy through and through, but even if I wasn't, I, I think w- the bias comes in that he hasn't watched Florida State at all. I think a lot of people, because Florida State has fallen off the radar, just assume that they're not growing, and that's not true. Like they have grown a lot, and they've worked the portal as well as anyone. They've been had a top ten portal class the last two years." They focus on the portal, which is the way you can change your team quicker. So, well, and people problem. expect like I, I don't know. Uh, can you turn a college team around overnight that that was on the downslide? We've seen it. I mean, we have seen it. I mean, if you're Mike Norvelli comes in there and uh, Willie Taggart, right, was his predecessor, who uh, uh, you know everybody said. I mean, th- this guy buried the program yes. uh, essentially. Well, Jimbo after it was already. Yeah, Jimbo buried. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jimbo put him to sleep, and uh, yes. Taggart just perpetuated it with whatever mistakes he made in terms of bringing in people and talent and coaches yes. and. Uh, so, so this guy had kind of a monumental task. I, you know, you're quick to judge and condemn. Although, I, I don't know. I've Am I sensing nice a, a metamorphosis <laughs> in Mike Luby Lubitz and the way that you view things? Because shouldn't the guy get like a little? I mean, if things are just a complete catastrophe and, 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 they're, and they're spiraling south, I mean, they're, they're going down the drain uh, and you come in, it's not easy to immediately you know, established like all, all of a sudden you're right back where you were when Bobby Bowden was in his heyday. I, I don't know that, you know, you can expect that. So it is possible that this guy is on the ball and, and might be able to turn that around. Can they cover three against uh, LSU? That is the burning question right now. Yep. So, and, and when the professor, see, double dot theory, the old polyman double dot theory, uh, where, you know, you have two people whose opinion you respect. I respect Josh Booty's college football opinion. I don't know what kind of degenerate gambler he is. But... <laughs> When we have him on this show, and or uh, in this case, he was on our Believe podcast, I, I, I'm always impressed with guys that really know their stuff. You know, that, like not necessarily in Lewis Riddick fashion, where they're just uh, spouting off all kinds of stuff, but where, where you know, the, the guy will name off like seven guys on the roster but with some purpose to support his, uh, you know, argument or position that this team is either going to be good or bad, whatever. But But he knows his stuff, I mean, universally. And he brought that up out of nowhere. This never would have even occurred. I didn't even know these guys were playing, okay? And uh, out of nowhere, I mean, when somebody hits like a degenerate chord, it sticks with me. It, it really does. <laughs> I'm sure. I know. I'm aware. He, he brought this up like, uh, you know, like Brandon Lang would bring up one of his Super Bowl choices. Like out of nowhere, all of a sudden he says, uh, listen, guys, we could talk all day about how the weather is here in uh, New Orleans. But uh, guess what? It's going to be hot for those. You know, hot around the collar for those that back FSU in this game where they're going to get blown out. I mean, uh, he really believes that this game is not going to be close. So uh, we'll see, Louis. Uh, that Duquesne game uh, gave you a great indication, though, that uh, FSU is ready for the challenge. Did it not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the uh, – 
Tallahassee School of Nursing didn't have a team that they could field? <laughs> oh, God. What do you want? <laughs> to challenge FSU so they could get their first win of the season there, Luby? What the? My God. This is all about the competition. It's all about the kids. It's not about the money, my friends. <laughs> All right, naturally, I was, uh, you know, zeroed in last night. Uh, my tennis match got canceled. Dr. Jerry Lane scratch. I mean, he put off a tennis match to do surgery on some poor schmuck. Jesus, what is that? Guy was, guy was going to lose a toe anyway. I said. <laughs> so I'll play a couple of sets and, uh, you know, cut it off later. I, you know, what are we going to do? Oh, my God. I can't believe this guy is actually doing surgery before he uh, comes out there and and plays, but uh, he was delayed. So, uh, so anyway, I, I got to uh, just be completely lazy and, and sit in front of the TV all night. And uh, I watched the whole Serena thing at the U.S. Open, which we <laughs> would you think we have some thoughts on that? Let me. Yeah, I was waiting for you to bring that up. <laughs> we were wrong on that I one. Was saving it. I was saving it. <laughs> she not only won, she, she won the straight sets. <laughs> oh, oh, believe me, that that's very deceptive. Did you it, watch it? Was, it? Okay, it was, I didn't watch it. It was a complete struggle. And okay. uh, any other woman in the draw would have beaten Serena last night. Any other woman in the draw. Now, now she showed, and, and uh, you know, this, this happens from time to time, the, the very briefest of flash uh, of the old Serena in a couple of games in the second set when she was serving. The very briefest of glimpses of the past. But other than that, wow. All right, we'll get into that. Uh, we have to tell you about Hylia Park, though, one of our favorite places, man. They, these guys always shine, Luby. Yes. They always shine. And, and they really do a great job. And, I, and I've always loved the place. From the minute I set foot on the grounds, I was like, wow. I mean, this this is my spot. I love this joint. And it was always fantastic and spectacular. And had a lot of good times there over the years covering horse racing, betting horse racing, hanging out there, chasing the whatever. You know, I mean, it was just it, it, it was fantastic. Really, really just a wonderful place to hang out. And, and it's even more so now because they have the casino that is rocking. I mean, they, they were able. You talk about Serena's talking about. Not retiring, but her evolution. And, and the evolution at, at Hylia Park has created a revolution in the casino industry because they do it better than anybody else. They, they really do. They know their stuff, and they have fine people uh, in charge in the various categories there, including Steve Calibro, who runs the uh, casino. And Matt, Steve knows what he's doing. He's got that big smile. You've seen him. Yeah. Big smile yeah, all the time. Yeah. Why? Because he's giving money away, man. He's like that guy on the old TV series, The Millionaire. He just knocks on your door. <laughs> It says, uh, here's a check for a million bucks, man. You've been a good person your whole life. It, it, it's incredible. It's not quite that. I mean, you know, you got to put a couple of bucks at risk there. But uh, nonetheless, there's nothing like it, man. It's just a great vibe they have in the casino. Great food and drink all over the place. Uh, Junior's Bistro is fantastic. Uh, the Cuban sandwich uh, rated by the Gambling Gourmet is among the best. Did he actually do that or did we tell him to say No, I mean, no, he he, he's it. had it there. No, he he loves it. it. Yeah, he likes you it. know Mayo's been to Hialeah a zillion times. Right. And, and and he would love it, too, because, uh, you know, he likes a little bit of an atmosphere and he's kind of particular like Gurgles is about certain things. And he would love the arrangements there at Hialeah because you could go off in the corner and be a loner if you want. Or you could be part of that crowd where, where they're just uh, jumping and screaming and uh, celebrating and uh, guys are playing the conga drums. It's absolutely fantastic. Man. Just a wild scene there and uh, yet very professionally run. And, uh, you know, you, you get the best of all worlds at Hylia Park, the champion simulcasting room, the poker room, and, of course, the casino. And the special events are unparalleled. They really do a great job uh, presenting entertainment. Special parties, you're having some kind of uh, thing that needs to be catered, and, and you need a great spot for it. Check out HyliaPark.com and make arrangements there, and uh, you will be delighted with, with the way that you were treated uh, in all facets at beautiful Hylia Park. And get a player's card when you come through the door. 
the best rewards program uh, of certainly any local casino. Uh, can I have uh, a couple of uh, dollars a comp at the deli? Uh, it's not like that there, man. I mean, you know exactly what the score is, and uh, it's always in your favor at beautiful Hylia Parks. Get that player's card. Take advantage of all the amenities that they offer you, uh, courtesy of uh, your you know participation in, in what they have going on there, which is... Viva Las Vegas. It's great. Beautiful Hylia Park. All right, coming back with more uh, in a moment here on the Defoe Show. That's Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, if you're watching on the video stream. And uh, I'm Jeff DeForest. Dave Hyde, a distinguished columnist for the South Florida Sun Sentinel, will uh, join us and uh, has thoughts on many things, including, uh, I would think, a very excellent, uh, insightful perspective on the upcoming Dolphin season because you know who else he profiled in the Sun Sentinel, uh, Luby? And I meant to actually... I may have to break down and spring for the buck here, but I, I just don't like reading uh, newspapers online. I don't know. I mean, you're a big fan of that. I'm not. I, I, I don't like thumbing through the ads. They get in the way and a pop-up here, and all of a sudden it turns to Facebook, and you're like, get out of here. <laughs> I want it in my hands. I See, now I grew up, and, uh, you know, since I was going to Shea uh, to sell souvenirs when I was 14 and I was traveling from Long Island, I used to take the Long Island Railroad. And what does everybody have, uh, you know, reading on uh, one of these commuter trains? They're all reading a newspaper back in the day. Yep. They weren't on their phone. No. Yeah, I'm reading the newspaper. Hey, did you see this? The Giants, 23 innings last night. Can you believe that? Look at that string of zeros. Uh, you know, and, and it was something tangible that you can hang on to. And I, I don't know why. I just uh, I can't break myself of enjoying that particular uh, experience every day. Walking outside, is the paper here? Yep, it's there. Now you're happy. And then bingo, to the throne. And the whole world is at your fingertips right there, right? You can pick it up. You can see it. If you want to know the results of uh, the Yonkers races last night, they're right there. And you've got all of these point spreads, including the opening week of the NFL, which I'm getting used to the idea that it's not this week. That uh, there's a week of nothing. When was there ever a week of nothing before well, the regular college season? Football is literally Thursday through Monday, so they're seeding this weekend to college football, giving them that weekend, and then next weekend we'll get full into football or <laughs> everything. <laughs> Do the Rams just lay one on the Buffalo Bills, or are we wrong about the Bills because we just don't like them? Well, I, what do you I, think? I, 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 I'm. I, I think the Bills will be good. I just don't know if they're this dominant force that everyone assumes they are. That's my thing. I think the Rams are good. I didn't realize. I forgot they got Bobby Wagner. Like, they lost Von Miller, who was old and done, and added Bobby Wagner, who was one of the best defensive players in football and, and yeah. plays a different position than Aaron Donald, where they, he's in the, the linebacking course. So now they have one of the best defensive backs in Ramsey. They have one of the best linebackers in Bobby Wagner and the best defensive player in football in Donald. They're actually better defensively than they were. I, and then they added. Now, now is Aaron Robinson. Donald? Uh, I mean, is he being uh, you know viewed for a possible suspension? Because uh, there was know, an incident was where uh, the they got in a joint practice. He swung a helmet at a guy. Yes, which is which weird. Uh, you know resulted in a, what a six game suspension. It, uh, you know, in, in the past, I mean that that was the standard there, swinging a helmet at uh, a game. For, at a game in practices, the teams allowed to legislate it however they want, and the Rams are proud of him for being. Uh, defender of his own teammate, so the Rams have done nothing, and from what we hear, will do nothing. And the league, uh, you know, it's a Zapruder film, uh, you know. <laughs> the league says... Somebody's got to find it first. We uh, stay out of practices. Realize. Practices are for the teams to legislate. So the team's like, yeah. all right. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I mean, that would be some blow for the Rams here, who I am, uh, you know, I mean, I, for no, you know, great reason. 
I, I just think, uh, you know, when I looked at what they did in the offseason, they had all other players come back except, uh, as you said, Von Miller, who uh, already was, you know, at the tail end of what was a brilliant career, uh, you know, when he signed with the Rams, and, and he seemed to be uh, revived, rejuvenated. Yes, he helped. When he, when he went to the Rams. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a factor. But uh, as you said, they, they made up for that, and they kept all of these guys that supposedly uh, Donald was going to retire, uh, supposedly, if he didn't get the kind of deal he wanted. And, uh, you know, you, you had uh, others uh, considering the same thing, uh, you know, and, and possibly you, know, you always see the Super Bowl team getting raided for uh, whatever free like agent they lost OBJ, they but they brought in Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's a big, strong Consistent no. receiver who was just buried in Chicago, so now he's motivated too. Like that's the thing; everyone they added to the team is actually better than the guy that they had. The issue is the elbow thing with Stafford, but supposedly he's looked great in practice. So I, I don't know. I, I think the Rams are getting forgotten, and I, I think that's a little interesting to me. They're giving a champion the ability to have a chip on their shoulder, which is really weird. That's rare. Well, and and you get tested right away a week from Thursday. They're not messing around. Guess they wanted to give Amazon uh, something uh, worthwhile there to uh, make their debut, and the Bills and the Rams ha- has to be the opening week on Thursday, the, the first night of the season, uh, preceding the, their actual you know heavy schedule that they have there on Sunday, and you've got maybe the marquee matchup of the season, potential Super Bowl matchup, oh, no? yeah, right yeah, there in yeah. week number one. Do we say that a few times? They'll say that during a the course of the game. You know what? You're watching a potential Super Bowl matchup. I don't want to get into this uh, Serena thing. The announcers last night, I mean, uh, what what a blowjob this was, I mean, for Serena Williams, which, which was fine, but, I mean, not to the point of ridiculousness, Chris Fowler. Chris Everett, who I love. I mean, who doesn't adore Chris Everett? Right? America's a sweetheart. She's unbelievable. And, and going through very bravely her, her bout with the cancer and performing and as delightful as ever. And, uh, you know, I know she loves Serena. And uh, let's face it, uh, she played at the highest of levels and, you know, I don't know that she was a Serena of her day, but she was certainly, you know, uh, among the greatest of all time. And, um, you know, and, and Serena, I think, is a runaway winner in that category. But, uh, I, you know, she's not winning this tournament. She, she was gassed warming up for for this uh, match last night. Louis. All right, we'll get into that because it was it was a big event. There's no doubt. And, and I'm, I'm sort of glad in a way. As much as, uh, you know, from a betting standpoint, I, I couldn't bring myself to spring on uh, Kovenik because I thought she was going to choke under the pressure, which she did. I mean, I don't know if you would call it a choke, but she, she pretty much handed this thing. This was a meatball. This was that Frankfurter that uh, in the little jacket that Tesla was missing at the Michael D. Wildfire Mitzvah. The pigs in a blanket. Oh, my God. I mean, she handed her the first set on a platter. And Serena got a little bit better in a couple of her service games in the second set. But it's no match for anybody else in the draw. Zero. Zero chance of winning. Now, uh, it's Conviet, uh, who uh, she's playing in the second round as a number two seed. But she had been fading. So, I don't know. There are people. I mean, could, could you see this happening? What, what a setup this is for Serena Williams. You, you, you talk about, I mean, I, I can hear Mick in my head there from the Rocky movies. These were setups. These were not good fighters. You're like, uh, what? Come on. I mean, you're telling me this now. This was the biggest setup. They handpicked this woman (laughs) to face Serena in the first round. She'll probably never look this bad again in in any other match. I mean, but, uh, wow, you talk about erratic under the pressure. Now, 23,000 people showed up, and they all paid big money. It it was laced, the stadium with superstars. All right, we'll we'll get into this. You've been playing the music to go to a break for an hour here. (laughs) 
Uh, the format, uh, you know, people nah, remember when Jack, uh, we were working with Jack there, Ion Channel, and he kept asking what the format was. Uh, there is one. I, I, I don't know. There is one. You know? If you don't like it, we'll start our own channel. And we did. All right. Uh, <laughs> back with more in a moment. Now that. The Times. 747. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. You can't fake caring. Women can sense this immediately. You don't really care. You didn't really want to do any of this. We now return to the Defoe Show. Getting some uh, agreement, some support here on some of our theories. Uh, Mike Libby Lubitz, welcome back to the show, the Depot Show here on South Florida Live. Jeff DeForest and one Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, who is now the king of all media. He's uh, quickly approaching Howard Stern in uh, rating that kind of distinction. Uh, Lenny the Chronic is a newspaper fan, and uh, he misses the uh, stain of the ink on his fingertips, which I believe uh, is not true of the Mustang, who uh, hates the fact that my uh, fingertips... <laughs> fingerprints like i can see them all over the door here in this room and it's like and even the cleaning ladies made a comment like what the hell is this man there's a zinc all over the bathroom down here unbelievable you know where, where i read my new york post i'm not a big fan of that but uh you know i do like having something tangible in my hands where i can flip through maybe go back to an article whatever and uh, you have all the stats in front of you it's uh it's a lot better than thumbing through some stupid thing here and getting carpal tunnel on your phone all right. I, I just feel that way. I'm old school in, in that sense. Uh, Pat Fox said he picked up uh, an Albany Times Union and the New York Post when, when uh, he was in Saratoga. And uh, Jim Sarney, of course, uh, the editor in chief of all things uh, factual and fictional that go on on his program, 
not, not that we would ever stretch the truth here to make a point, uh, says the NFL doesn't want to be on on Labor Day weekend because uh, the world is too scattered. Everybody's thinking about summer's almost gone. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're depressed, right? Is it not? Uh, Labor Day weekend is one of the most depressing weekends in many ways because you're, you're fucked. You, you got to go back to school. <laughs> now, in Florida, they're so insane that they go like uh, in the beginning of August here. They're already These kids are already like a month into it schwitzing, you know, and, uh, you know, sitting there in front, just bored out of their mind like I was when I was in school. <laughs> bored out of my mind. Hiding a racing farm underneath, uh, you know, the uh, geology textbook and saying, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that rack before. I mean, what, what good did that do me, right, to have any understanding of that? Zero. <laughs> Calculus, zero. Odds and probability, probably the most oh, worthwhile course man. I took, high school or uh, college. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. So we got into this uh, Serena thing. Dave Hyde's going to join us in a little bit. But, um, you know, it was a spectacular, I mean, built-up event. Now, we know that Serena's off her game. Uh, let me clarify my position on this. I, I'm not a fan of Serena because of her behavior, and, her and I don't like phonies. Okay? Yeah, her antics, yeah. You, you can't be Miss Sweetness and Light on one hand. Oh, I love the fans so much, and thank you. Oh, my God, I can't believe I won. And then tell the chair umpire to go fuck herself. Yeah, exactly. The same match. And that you're fighting for women's rights by threatening some poor line judge from Cambodia who just happened to get a gig there, getting $100 a night to make calls there at the U.S. Open. They're going to be overruled by Hawkeye anyway. Exactly. And you're telling her you're going to cram a tennis ball up her ass. I mean, you know, I mean, don't represent yourself then as if you're going to talk like Pete Rose when you're out there competing. Yeah, I mean, uh, like Sparky yeah. Anderson, <laughs> exactly. You're like Lou Pinella. spitting tobacco you're, you're on the officials, me, you know, the picking up home plate and firing it <laughs> in the guy's face. Uh, you know, I mean, it just she was exposed as a phony, uh, you know. And, and look, she's done a lot of great things. Unbelievable athlete. I mean, uh, overwhelming. Uh, you know, yeah, I thought Martina was great when she brought her power game into the thing and the whole serve and volley, and she's coming up there super aggressive. You know, before that, they used to be like uh, on that uh, Smith Barney commercial, right? I say, old chap. Yes. Would you like to handle another lob? Hey, your guy's hitting you nothing but lobs the entire time, and you look over at the other side of the net go, hey, hey you want to play some <laughs> tennis or what? <laughs> Let's try to smack the ball around a little bit, huh? Uh, you know, you don't want to see Andrea Yeager playing uh, Moonball. All right, so Serena comes along, and, and boom, man. She brings a, a level of power to the game that uh, was unprecedented, even though there, there were some great players yeah, yeah, in that yeah. category. But uh, revolutionized, uh, you know, I, I would think, uh, the way this game was being played and uh, just had a phenomenal career. There's no question. Mowed everybody down, usually annihilated her competition. It wasn't uncommon to see her win, like, a good you know, six love, six one against the best in the world. Uh, you know, and, and a person is in there without a chance, right? Like the early Mike Tyson opponents. That's yeah. how they set up against Serena Williams, the best mm-hmm. players in the world, players that had been around for a while before she got on the scene. She just mowed them all down and has been doing it for over 20 years. No one could question her brilliance. All right. Best serve in the game, according to almost everybody uh, on the women's side. And uh, Chris Everett was trying to put it in the top five or ten on the men's side, I'm not sure I go that far, Chrissy. I love you, but I just don't know. We've we've done that. I, I'm not sure it's it, it's comparable, uh, you know. But but her service is huge. I it's mean, great. it was. There, there's no doubt about it. And and 
extremely accurate. And whenever she was in any kind of uh, trouble, whenever she was on the ropes in a service game, uh, she'd fire two aces that you looked at and you said, my God, yep. who could get a racket on that? Yep. And, and these guys, I mean, uh, their reflexes are incredible for returning serve. Uh, even uh, the women now are serving, you know, you'll, you'll see what Serena was serving up uh, upwards of a buck 20, yeah. which, uh, you know, that, that isn't bad. I don't know. Did she make a buck 20? That might have been the. I'll have to check with Sarney on the stats on that. But, uh, you know, most powerful serve in the women's game, the, the most powerful serve by far that uh, that the women's game has ever seen. All right. Most accomplished player. Uh, the uh, Margaret Smith court thing with the more grand slams is a little bogus, Luby. Her highest one was one was almost 129 miles per hour. Her highest. Imagine it's a woman yeah. smacking the ball 130. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would be ashamed to have my serve measured whenever I, I go to any kind of like tennis tournament, you know, and I have the thing out there with the nets. I never participate in any of that and, and haven't for a long, long time. There was a time I would have thought, watch this, man. I'll throw a fastball here and it'll measure 92 on the gun. And then it comes up 62 and your arm is out of its socket because <laughs> you haven't thrown a ball in like 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you try to like gun one. I mean, I used to be able to, you know, throw the ball from, you know, the deep corners of right field to, you know, the home plate, on, you know, on a fairly, fairly much of a line, you know. Nice. But now you try to do it and forget about it. So, so I mean, if I, I never uh, participate in any of that, right? Uh, you know, and, and I don't advise anybody to. If you had any athletic ability at one time in your life, you don't want to be embarrassed to find out how weak you are today. Because <laughs> uh, you know they have that thing where you serve and they measure it. No, you know, no, you no. serve the ball; and it's a little net there, <laughs> and you see every guy like falling all over themselves, and then it comes up. Hey, look at that! <laughs> you served your sister like that. <laughs> <laughs> 68 miles an hour. You're like, um, so, so, I mean, 130 is some juice. I mean, that's, uh, you know, Nolan Ryan-esque uh, sending it out there. So, um, anyway, she, she comes out last night, and, and she's wearing an outfit. It looked like she burned it off the iron sheet. <laughs> it did. I mean, everything but I the pointy the outfit, shoes. It didn't look. <laughs> did it look like uh, it was like a, a female wrestler? Oh, God. <laughs> you, you thought I was... <laughs> Like, I don't know if it was Serena Williams or the fabulous Moolah coming out there to play tennis last night. Jesus. Oh, my God. And, I mean, she was already gassed from the warm-ups. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I, keep, I keep saying that. When they brought the Mongoose out to fight, like, Marciano or one of those guys, I mean, uh, an aging Archie Moore and, uh, you know, the kind of guy that would be uh, the inspiration for rec Requiem for a heavyweight. I mean, just like a shot fighter. That's what she uh, looks like. She's gassed in the warm-ups there. They, they had ESPN sitting right in front of the court she's warming up on. And she was, like, uh, needing oxygen after three shots. <laughs> Jesus. And these guys have her winning the tournament, possibly. Nah. McEnroe tried to, like, back out of the whole idea. But, uh, you know, at, at Chris Fowler, every shot she hit. I mean, th this woman, literally, uh, Kovenik that she played, I felt sorry for her because uh, she was like the Washington Generals. Oh, Jesus. Where, you know, she might have had some ability, but, uh, you know, it, it wasn't going to be on display here against the Globetrotters because they were destined to win this game because it was scripted this way. <laughs> we'll see if she gets by round two. I, I, but, you know what? I, I have to say this, Luby, as bitter as I, I mean, I'm almost like you seem very to bitter. Serena what, what the professor <laughs> is to Ben Affleck. Yes, you see, it's like him with Not the, quite. Uh, Brady. <laughs> or Brady or Belichick or any yeah, of those guys, yeah. right? You, you have a weird bitterness. And I, I don't mean to be this. Uh, disparaging it's just you know it's weird because 
they're, they're, they're delusional. It would be the only ones who could believe that Serena would win. Now, I'm glad she won this because it probably would have would not have looked good, you know, for her to have this big buildup. And people were paying thousands of dollars. Every celebrity in the world was there. Dr. Ruth was there with Bill Clinton, for God's sake. Really? They, they were sitting together. <laughs> That's weird. Immediately, implications were being made, yeah, that Bill's banging his 94-year-old. Who apparently, you know, would understand technique when it came to sex, no? I mean, isn't that her game? Yes. Dr. Ruth, yeah. Here's how you do it. It's a little thing called a clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> it was always funny coming from an old bag, wasn't it? <laughs> but she had a funny manner about her. She was great. Man. Actually, I had some pretty oddball pairing there, but kind of, you know, it makes sense. Clinton and uh, Dr. Ruth. A- everybody's there, man. Uh, a stumbling, bumbling Spike Lee who was bouncing into, like, the ball boys when he was down there for the pre-match presentation. Uh, and I don't know what he was doing. What was Spike Lee doing down there in the court? What was the deal there? He's a New Yorker. I don't know. He's like a sign in New York. I have no idea. Yeah. And they already had the tribute planned for afterwards, uh, which was very nice. Uh, Gail King was hosting it. She's very good. Billie Jean King came out there. In fact, uh, anybody named King. (laughs) (laughs) Alan King, I think, was uh, on the scene. (laughs) Don King was out there. He should have been out there the way they promoted this thing. It was great. All right. Dave Hyde coming up. Uh, We we could talk some more about that. Uh, Because the match, I mean, literally, uh, you talk about uh, the little Kanish platter. This Coven, she, she, I mean, lost the first two games, literally gifted them to Serena, and then had the upper hand in the set and then caved in completely. I mean, the double faulting three times in a game, and just, just ugliness. All she had to do was move Serena around. It, it really is the Monty Stratton story with Serena Williams right now. I hate to say this, guys, but bunt on him. <laughs> Poor schmuck with one leg, right? Being played by Jimmy Stewart. All right, uh, we're coming back with Dave Hyde. Uh, he has a lot of thoughts about the Miami Dolphins, Los Dolphins, and no doubt many other things as well. And uh, he's got the book coming out about Jimmy Johnson swagger, which we're going to be exploring at Jimmy Johnson's big chill uh, day to be announced in the very near, very near future, Louie. That's a beautiful thing. I know you're going to ask about the money. Don't worry about it. I'm asking it. anything. Right, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just want to get this day nailed down. It'll be a blast. We had a great time last time. With you, it always comes back. It's Woodward and Bernstein, right? Uh-huh. Just follow the money. I'd love to follow the money. <laughs> follow the money anyway. Hey, how much for those documents, Danny Boy? Yeah, All right. Exactly. Uh, back with more in a moment. Now that. Who's that Russian lady, too, that was running around Mar-a-Lago there? Posing as a reporter, a brown from the sun. It's uh, 8.01. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand-cut every day, everything, and I mean everything is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. 
That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Johnson uh, joins us here on the program. Along with John Congemi and its Dateline Dolphins, of course, uh, Leslie Visser, the lovely and talented one. It was always different. You, you had to know if it was Emmett Smith, if you screamed at him, he was going to go into a shell. I wasn't going to get anything out of him for the rest of the day. If it's Charles Haley... You know, he was going to get upset at me and maybe threaten me all my life. And, <laughs> and mean it. Yeah, but, and mean it. And, and he could have done it, too, yeah. I promise. But when he went into my office, he said, Coach, just get on to me one-on-one. Don't do it in front of the other players. Now, Michael Urban, I could cuss him like a sailor. And the, the, the more I cussed him, the harder he worked. From South Florida to the entire world, thank you to the iHeartRadio app. Here is Defoe joined by Louie on The Defoe Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Having a good time with you here on this fine Tuesday edition of the Depot Show. Jeff DeForest and one Mike Luby Lubitz. Soon, when are you going to start airing Luby at Large again? I, I think yeah, you really large. need to uh, get back into that. Luby at Large. <laughs> I always enjoyed that segment on the radio show for the, uh, what, two times that it lasted yeah, before you said, hey, fuck this. I'm not getting paid. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, anyway, uh, we're happy to be with you here on South Florida Live. And, and I'm sure that voice was familiar to this next gentleman that joins us here on the program. And it's always a pleasure to uh, dignify the show with the presence of the uh, premier columnist here on the uh, South Florida newspaper scene. We've been paying a lot of homage to the newspaper, and it is true what Andy said. Bowels work better with a newspaper in your hand than they do with a phone. So I'm still inclined to pick up a physical copy of the paper. It's a highlight of my day. And we welcome one of the distinguished newspaper men of all time, Dave Hyde, to the program. Oh, my God. Uh, David, how are you, my friend? I think that should be our our promo now for the Sun Sentinel. Bowels <laughs> work better with a newspaper in your hand. I can see that on buses going no, by no, no, through the no. city, can't you? <laughs> a fat old Jew on the toilet uh, just refusing to let the old habit die. <laughs> Join the modern world. It's costing me $1,000 a year for this New York Post. I could pay 8 bucks and get it oh online, but, uh, you know, forget about it. Uh, it's just the way it is. Uh, uh, David, how are you, my friend? Uh, how's everything going? Doing well, getting ready, uh, gearing up for football. It's uh, we're here, right, uh, right around the corner. Well, and there's been a lot, and, and uh, you know, I almost broke down the other day. Uh, there were a couple of reasons I was going to buy a Sun Sentinel. Uh, one, uh, somehow, uh, Mike Mayo was featured after his uh, 31 years there, uh, talking about his retirement as a food critic in uh, one of the magazines that uh, usually is an insert in the paper. Although it wasn't in the copy that Mayo bought himself uh and then uh you uh, i mean it, it had been featured and i saw this i guess on facebook uh, somebody had posted up that uh that, that you had uh, done a profile of mike mcdaniel is this correct uh, dave hyde uh, did you have an in-depth profile in the sun sentinel of the miami dolphins head i did i i i uh ta- 
talked to Mike McDaniel about uh, about his career, how he got here, really, who he is, and uh, a very fascinating guy. Great, you know, unique story. Brian Flores was a unique story coming out of the projects of, of Brooklyn, and, and uh, Mike McDaniel's uh, equally unique story in a different way. Um, just from, wow, uh, you know, he, he it, the story starts out, he he. he walking through his family home when he's five and he looks at the pictures and realizes he doesn't look like anything like his, his dad's family. Because oh, um, he's biracial and his dad's, dad's family is black. And uh, it goes from there. Just uh, He didn't fit in anywhere. He didn't check any box. And, and yet he checks all the boxes, which uh, led him to, you know, who he is. He can talk to anybody, you know, because he's you know, from his family life to his, uh, he's an alcoholic and he talked about that. And, uh, so he's had, uh, he has the ability through all this to be able to, to communicate and relate to pretty much anybody. Well, what's interesting, Dave, is sort of what we've talked about with you and other people, that sincerity, that candor that he's comfortable sharing as an NFL coach even, look, assistants barely talk, let alone head coaches. Like, this is year one. We saw what Flores was. We even saw, look, Philbin was a nice guy, but none of them want to give away anything. He's the opposite. He'll give away everything with a smile on his face. Like, it's, where does he get that from? Like, like it's, it's, I always find that so intriguing that he's so different than every other coach by 180 degrees. Well, I, I, yeah, I talked to him about that, and he, his feeling is, and, and you are right, the the – for instance, talking about him being an alcoholic, you know, I asked maybe two questions and he took it from there. Yeah. He just uh, talked about it and, and uh, um, you know, about the things he went through. And, and, and he, you know, he said, if anybody can get through this, I can. And, and uh, how he told his wife, uh, this won't be a problem. You know, I'll, I'll never let you down like this again, and et cetera. And. And but he talked about, you know, his role as a head coach. He he thinks that's part of his role is to, you know, be up front with the public. There's no he has no problem talking um, about. I mean, he's not giving state secrets about what the team's doing on Sunday. But yeah, there's no reason. I've never. I know like Brian Flores. Uh, I, I you know he he. 15 years under Bill, Bill Belichick will ruin you in front of the media. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's, that's a role. That is a role for a head coach to communicate. Jimmy realized that yep. as well as anybody. And, and Mike McDaniel realizes it, that, you know, there's a, there's a, that's not just part of your job, but it's part of your role to set a narrative sometimes for the team. Look at what, how he set the narrative onto a tongue of a low this off season. Very positive, very upbeat. Talk about the things he's doing um, at length, and uh, you know, it, it, and that changed um, in some form the public narrative around him. And 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 so I, I mean, anybody who's smart enough to use that platform, uh, and and Mike McDaniel is, and has the ability to talk, and and Mike McDaniel has the ability to not only talk but to. Um, you know, it was interesting talking to him. He's talking about words and how he he thinks words are valuable, and and he appreciates people who use them well and and everything. And so he he 
you know, he's thought about this. These are, you know, words matter to him and, and the ability to communicate um, to anybody on, a, on any different level matters to him too. So it's, it's uh, like I said, he's, he's, he's a unique path. There's a, there's a lot of ways up the mountain and he's, uh, you know, blazing a unique one. Dave Hyde with us here, outstanding columnist, had the profile in the Sun Sentinel of Mike McDaniel, who uh, does seem like somebody that you would want to talk to, uh, whether you're in his business or uh, just a fan in general. And uh, he's very engaging and seems to be with everybody. Uh, a couple of things impressed me. I'm so hoping this works because, uh, you know, it's a nice departure from the usual hard-on dickhead uh, football coach <laughs> mentality of, uh, yeah, you do it my way or the highway. And, uh, you know, the, the whole uh, run through a brick wall for me. Um, and this guy already has been very engaging in a lot of ways that, that make you feel like, uh, wow, there's a level of sincerity there that exceeds even what you would anticipate from somebody that comes across this way. Uh, he, he goes to this uh, Tua charity event. And, uh, you know, he, he's like uh, playing uh, with flaming drumsticks, uh, you know, on this giant tom-tom. And, uh, you know, uh, right right into it, gets right involved. And, and then I, I saw him talking about Jason Jenkins, who you also wrote about in the Sun Sentinel, the uh, Dolphins executive who passed away at 47, who everybody loved because uh, he, he was a, a media liaison for the team. So uh, anybody that covered the team yeah, knew him well. And then was, a, you know, just an absolute pillar of uh, charitable efforts in the community, spearheading uh, all of the Dolphins' efforts on, on those fronts and, and doing it very well. But, but I mean, uh, McDaniel was, was he, he was, uh, you know, uncontrollably sobbing uh, about, uh, you know, the, the fact that he knew this guy only a brief period of time but knew him to be like a real mensch. And, and he, I mean, he, he just uh, really brought off this sincerity that made you feel like this guy is different, Dave Hyde. Yeah, I was surprised in that press conference. I mean, it was, uh, look, that was a tough night. Saturday night, uh, uh, Jason died Saturday. I don't know the exact time, but before the game, he had died. Um, but the players weren't told until after the game. Mike McDaniel tells them, then he comes right to the press conference. So, um, you know, it was pretty emotional telling the players um, about Jason's death and then uh, comes right to the press conference and he was, uh, um, yeah, you know, his emotions are out there. And uh, um, and you can see how, how um, you know, not just affected he is, but in the larger picture, how, um, you know, how much people mean to him as people in the organization, people he now works with, that is who he is. Um you know, some most football coaches you've been around are withdrawn uh, to the mo- for the most part, and and as you said, don't reveal too much of their thoughts. And and Mike's the opposite, where he um, he'll show you how he's feeling and who he is uh, in any conversation. I, you know, I, I think um, certainly in the short term, this this can work really well for the Dolphins in that. Um, you know, you're, you're playing the opposite game here. You had a quiet, um, tough defensive coach the last several years. And now you go to an open, upbeat, um, very, um, very re- re- relatable and an optimistic offensive coach. And, and um, you know, it, it, ultimately winning will define him, 
you know, does he make it or not, but you can see the tools he has to, um, to help this team get there. How long have you been doing this, uh, Dave? You've been doing this stuff a long time, correct? Uh, over 30 years. Oh, at, too long. At, at the Sun Center? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, so I started at the Herald, and I started at the Herald in '85. I came down here 85. with a oh, wow. with a 1975 Ventura with no air conditioning, <laughs> and uh, drove that because yeah. I had no money for a year, no air conditioning in the car. That, wow, that just that was is possible. Uh, that is not a good condition to come to Florida under. And there's yeah. no doubt about that. I mean, uh, keeping the window open, uh, especially '85, uh, probably had it eased off where there was a possibility of being shot on the turnpike. But but that's come back now with road rage. Uh, it was drugs back then when I first came here, and you'd see like some bullet bullet riddled car, you know, pull up next to you, and you're like, they're still shooting at this guy. What is that? <laughs> anyway, I mean, uh, the point I was going to make, uh, you know, and and you wrote about Jason Jenkins, and a lot of people don't know Jason Jenkins, uh, and and wouldn't know the name and. Uh, yet what we dealt with them, uh, you know, and it, it seemed like, you know, when I started doing this like 50 years ago, uh, you know, organizations were, were much more welcoming. You felt like you were a part of the whole thing, even if you were in the media and you were supposed to be uh, unbiased and, uh, you know, nonpartisan uh, about uh, your opinions. I, I think, you know, there was an understanding there, though, that, uh, you know, you, you also were welcome, you know, uh, to these uh, organizations to get inside of them and, and get uh, stuff like you did with Mike McDaniel. Uh, Jenkins really, I mean, he, he was, uh, you know, a young guy, but it was old school in, in, in that, uh, everybody yeah. liked this guy. And, and as a liaison to the media, I, I don't understand why more teams don't grasp onto this. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, there's nothing better than to have these guys feel like, you know, they're on your side, uh, the team. I mean, uh, you know, you, you want to be treated, uh, you know, in, in a gentlemanly type fashion and in a fair fashion. And, and Jenkins really was the epitome of that. I mean, he, he made everybody feel good about dealing with the Miami Dolphins. Well, let's not overdo this. Part of Jason's job was if you wrote something that, for instance, if you wrote something about Steve Ross, he would call you and, and talk about, he, you know, why he didn't like that column. And so, oh, yeah? okay. I mean, that yeah, was his goal. I, 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 I never had that experience. Yeah. Had that. He came <laughs> after me a couple times, too, because of tweets. I, I, look, I, I'm, 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 I, everybody loved Jason, okay? I'm not... But yeah. let's let's uh, talk in the reality of, of his role. He, he yes, he was very welcome. He'd come around and greet everybody, yep. and uh, you know, every team has a media relations person. Um, Jason's role to me was different in his in that he's branched out into the community and yep. charity and foundation works and and man, there were times I'd, I'd see him and I'd say, because he put it out on Twitter, i say, Jason, would you go to 10 events yesterday? I, I don't know how he had a body double or something like that because of the amount of work he did in that, in, in putting the dolphins out and helping businesses or high schools or, or uh, you know, whatever, some, some you know, youth group in, in that wanted to come to the complex or needed some help, uh, that to me, he redefined how teams go into the community in some regard because he he pushed the Dolphins uh, brand out there and helped a lot of people in the community. He has a book coming out, uh, Swagger, with Jimmy Johnson, and uh, that, that's going to hit the stands and uh, uh, all available uh, outlets in November. I would imagine most people are buying that online. Dave Hyde, Sun Sentinel, uh, South Florida Sun Sentinel columnist, with us here, sports columnist, uh, extraordinarily. 
talented gentleman who's been doing it, uh, as we said. I mean, uh, what is that, 37 years uh, here, here in South Florida. Uh, all right, uh, we, we've uh, wow. talked about many things uh, concerning uh, the team. You actually watched them in, in a preseason. Yep. Luby was excited. I mean, uh, going long there, first down, uh, you know, you got Tua in the lineup. Want to see what this offense might look like. Uh, we're hoping for, like, circus-like. Uh, you know, approach uh, from uh, Mike McDaniel with his uh, innovations and uh, inclination to come up with uh, stuff that uh, defenses are going to have trouble stopping. Um, what do you think? I mean, uh, the number is very tepid. We've been uh, discussing this with a lot of people. Eight and a hook, which which would mean that the odds makers, uh, these guys, that if they were running the country, there would be no inflation and gas, what would be 50 cents a gallon uh, with their uh, accuracy and predicting numbers and, and outcomes. Um they're not as optimistic as other people are. How do they win less games this year than they did last year, which is what the common belief is, at least according to Las Vegas? Yeah, I think they'll – well, how, how they will is, is a couple things. One is the AFC is stacked. Yeah. Um, you look at the AFC and go down the list of teams, and um, it'd be nice to be in the NFC against those teams right now. Um, this is as talented as the AFC has been since, uh, you know, I, I don't know how far you want to go back, but, um, and so that'd be the name that'd be one. And the two is the obvious, you know, the offensive line has an injury in the wrong place and, and the lack of depth there shows, or it doesn't develop, uh, two, it doesn't take the steps that it, it you know, it looks like has a, has a real good chance to take right, from the off season and preseason. Um, and the defense that uh, in the last half a year was dominant, but dominant against backup quarterbacks, and then it got exposed to Tennessee, um, doesn't take the steps. Yeah, you know, a young defense can. And so, you know, that'd be the way they, you know, if you're going to draw up wide, Las Vegas is saying eight and a half wins. That'd be the, that'd be the reason. Um, you can extrapolate those a whole different way and, come out with 11 wins too. So, um, you know, the, the, the interesting part about, I mean, it, when you break down their season, their schedule, the first four games are the toughest in the league, New England at Baltimore, Buffalo here. And then, um, where are they? They're at, at Cincinnati on Thursday night. Um, those are four playoff teams. Um, last year, Baltimore would have been they were the most injured team in the league and went down to the last game um, so that's as tough as then, then you have about a six or seven week stretch where they might be favored in every game and then it gets real tough at the end they go to the out to the west coast they play San Francisco and the Rams and then go to Buffalo um, in a three week stretch so um, you come out of the, they look at the start they come out of it two and two that's a that's a that's a good way to start the season all right, and uh, eating hook uh, looms large to me. I'm inclined to go over, which uh, you know, in this business, uh, you know, I, I know we've discussed this. If, if your team's not going to win the championship, uh, which is always the best possible result in terms of uh, fan interest, th- then they need to be really bad. So you find yourself rooting against the home team in every game, in, in every sport. But uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I, I think that, that changes this year for me. That changes. About eight and a half wins. It's hard to see them going under eight right, right now. Yeah. I mean, yep, yep, yep. I, I could see nine wins. You know, I can see, in fact, it, I think I predicted nine wins. But I, you could see 11 wins, too. Eight wins 
seems it's it's harder for me to what see a them failure. Going yes, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, they aren't going to go seventeen and zero. We know, right? <laughs> no, we, no, we, but, we uh, agree. Even no, the they most need to win as this many is, as last is, year. They were one and seven for God's sake. What with a with a run that wasn't as good as this. An off season that, uh, 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 this is as optimistic. I've I've seen Dolphin fans in a long time, and and let's let's admit it. There's some irrational optimism in in, in off seasons for Dolphin fans. But um, it, look, the, the roster is as good as it's been in in a long time for the Dolphins. And you start with the re- two top receivers, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Assuming Waddle's on the field, that, you know that that, that that's dynamic. Going back to Duper and Clayton yeah. to the last time they had something like that out there. So um, there are reasons for optimism if you're a Dolphins fan. Um, there are also reasons if you've been scarred for yep. your optimism in the yep. last 20 years. So, yep. <laughs> you know, I'm sure a lot of people are holding back a little and, and, uh, and, and saying, well, let's see what happens. You've been talking to Mayo on that last comment. Uh, it sounds like yeah, Mike. Yeah. Um, I, I, one last thing. I, I'm sure at some point in your uh, career there, you run uh, as a uh, top columnist uh, in town there with the Sun Sentinel. You, you might have bumped Bricker or Fialkoff off a flight to New York and covered a U.S. Open. Ha, have you been to that event, uh, Dave Hyde? I never did. I never, never, never okay. did. Wow. I, now, I bumped him off Wimbledon once. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I fly to New York. Yeah, but how about a trip to London? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want. To, I didn't want to spend two weeks in New York. It, plus, it always <laughs> happened right when football was starting, and you right. know, there's yeah, a lot of reasons why I didn't. But uh, but I watched. I did watch the match last night, and uh, well, well, what did you um, think? I mean, to well, see... What do you make of this whole thing? I, I, and your opinion is probably slightly different than mine. <laughs> Dave was very biased but, against uh, Serena. Yeah, I, I just I, I lost. <laughs> Like the whole thing with Serena, she lost me when she started like threatening referees and line officials. And I, I just don't like phonies in sports. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're going to be a dick, just be one. And we're OK with that. Right. I mean, we know that Kyrgios is out of his mind, uh, you know, when, when he's playing. And, you know, if he doesn't have an incident, it's more of a surprise. But uh, Serena, you know, would feign all of this sweetness and light. And then, you know, she'd tell the uh, chair umpire, you know, to, uh, you know, cram acoustic up her ass. I mean, <laughs> it, it just, you know, and was a very bitter, sore loser, uh, you know, always in these post-match press conferences where she lost. I mean, just extremely bitter. And, uh, you know, and some of the stuff she came up with really alienated me. But, um, you know, I, I don't doubt it uh, at all for a second that the worthiness of the tributes last night and, and the sensational career she had. But uh, I, I don't know. What did you think? Because, uh I thought she borrowed an outfit off the fabulous moolah uh, when, when she came out there. I mean, it was really some show. <laughs> I, mean, I think someone needs to give you a hug, Defo. You, you, you sound like a bitter old man. <laughs> I am a bitter old man. That's, uh, that's what we thrive on here the show. Hello. <laughs> uh, look, look, yeah, over a 20-year career, the low mark, absolutely, was when she went off on the, the – referee or official at the, the uh, Cambodian US. line no question. Or she was <laughs> no question <laughs> no, no question but, but 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 is to say that's the defining mark of her career is, is going me, way overboard for someone for somebody who came off the yeah you know the, the story the is so Compton, old right yeah, now yeah, that that, yeah. that that people forget coming off the out of Compton and uh yep. and what she did, the path that her and her family blazed, and, and I, I mean, 
you know, now to rise from that to in, in a lily white sport where you you are not accepted at all. Uh, to oh, hey, look, I remember going to I remember going to tournaments and talking to the uh, tennis media. Oh my God. They don't like Serena because she takes tournaments off. She does this and she does that. And I'm thinking now I'm from the outside. It's not, it's not my sport. It's, uh, you know, I'm just dropping in. And I'm thinking a whole completely different is, wow, what a unique story she has. And she should be able to – and then you see why she tournaments off to do other things. It allowed her to play for 20 years. You see other – yeah, the, the burnout phenomenon in tennis is real because these men and women play for, you know, every tournament or whatever for 10 years. And then they said, oh, I can't do this anymore. So I, I thought she, you know, part of being a great athlete or having a great career is managing your career. And I thought they, the Williams sisters and the family managed their careers wonderfully. And and so, look, I, lo- I, I'm all f- I loved last night. I loved it was electric, on television at least. And, and uh, um, you know, I was rooting for her to win. Um, so, um, look, she, she had some bad moments like anybody would in a 20-year career. But it's like, does the flake late, is that what you think of when you think of Tom Brady? Some I of mean, us. they're bad moments. Uh, some guys do, yeah. Careers. That's the first thing our friend of a professor thinks of, and he brings it up uh, relentlessly and incessantly. I mean, it's, it's part of the story. Uh, it's certainly part of the story, but it's not yeah. the story, right? Uh, yeah, and I mean, so, the, your point is well taken, Dave Hine. I mean, come you know, on, Lou, Luby, give him a hug. Uh, give him a hug, Luby. He needs a yeah. hug right Serena's now. Serena's the I, one I thing. He he's needs... The weird thing with Serena is him. No, Serena I, and Saban I, are the two he can't get over. Yeah, <laughs> Saban and Serena would be the two. <laughs> that I, I mean, just, I start seeing red yeah, <laughs> at the mention of their it, name. It makes me uh, laugh. It makes me laugh. People who still can't get over Saban. I mean, that was the best thing. Saban made the right decision, right? Oh no, he could have handled it better. Yeah. He, he made the right but he didn't decision. have to be such an and, asshole when he was here. That, that was the, the pre-fighting I mean, when he stepped over that lineman who was about to croak there in the locker room and uh, turned around and said, what's for lunch or whatever, I, I, you know, like he could have cared less. Uh, and then he was Gino, firing the secretaries with yeah. the henchmen. That, that was the stuff that bothered me. No, no one would argue that Serena isn't the greatest ever, uh, you know, and, and maybe female athlete ever. I mean, she certainly ranks uh, into that consideration. And, uh, you know, that, that her career was great. And it wasn't like those courts in Compton were, you know, the same ones they were playing no, on at the no. Molitary Academy. No. You know, so, you know, with, with a crazy man, Richard Williams, who, uh, you know, was going completely against the whole tennis, uh, you know, logic and philosophies and, uh, you know, training these uh, young girls, uh, you know, early on, at least on their own. I mean, no, it's a remarkable story. No doubt about it. It's just uh, you don't think they handpicked that opponent, though, Dave Hine? I mean, uh, did they? <laughs> That was the one girl in a draw that Serena could beat, and everybody knew it. I mean, uh, I, I, did I read that? Did I hear this right? She now plays the number two seat. Yes. Yes. Is yes. That, but the, that, that, that girl, she has a chance oh, of beating. Oh well. Okay. Uh, so let's. Yeah. <laughs> no, an outside chance. The, uh, the, the girl's been in a slump. She she performed very well in her opening round match. Conviate, uh, I believe, is her name, and I don't know that much about her. So, so that's she's somehow so, number two in the world. So that's a setup too. Is that we? Is that? Are we going? Uh, yeah, no. The whole draw is set up for Serena to go to the final. I mean, she, she plays nothing but chumps the entire way. <laughs> this woman was the Washington Generals, Dave. I mean, come on. You've covered sports. You know when I, 
Why, why wasn't Don King part of the presentation? <laughs> you, you, the U.S. Open officials, they, they should have set it up because of the, 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 the price of the tickets. Yeah, that's exactly. what they were going for, three and $4,000. I don't know. I, in the thousands of dollars, I heard the nosebleed seats were like $400. So It's a little um, rich for me to see Serena go out there and beat a girl who handed her the match. Uh, literally, we were talking about it. It's like uh, the tray of hors d'oeuvres comes out <laughs> from the first tray out of the kitchen at a bar mitzvah, you know, and you're all over it. You know, I mean, just like Diesel, <laughs> me a, a dollar for six months of the sunset, and I was too rich for you. Exactly. So we get in, even into exactly. the, the, the cost. I'm shoveling those conditions in my jacket pocket <laughs> and taking some home. Hey, by the way, also, also, a book I wrote 20 years ago on the 30th anniversary is going to be out on the e-book in the 50th anniversary. It's still perfect, the story of the 72 Dolphins. And I'm just rereading it and remembering uh, interviewing and talking to all these players. What an amazing group of players. That that was a lot of fun. I I talked to every family Henry Stuckey, who I could not find, and uh, and at the time Jake Scott, but I've since talked to Jake Scott, who is yeah. who died this year. But uh, you tracked him down in a treehouse or something. I mean, uh, when you were like climbing, uh, you had bark under your fingertips, and you, uh, hey Jake, you up there? That was great, man. That was a great story. One of the best of all. I tracked time him down in Kauai, in, in Kauai, Hawaii, and sat with him in a bar for seven hours wow. and uh, <laughs> the bar is actually in the movie the descendants with george clooney and, and uh, jeff bridges and uh and the two people sitting next to jeff bridges in the bar in the movie at uh, the tahiti nui a famous little dive bar in, in Kauai. the two people sitting next to him native hawaiians are the guys who sat with jake every single day of oh, their wow. lives for, for <laughs> years and years <laughs> Same two guys at Gallupis. I don't know if they'll ever uh, reach that level of fame, uh, you know. But they're there every Tuesday night when I play tennis, going there for a couple of cocktails. Dave, I mean, uh, you, you've done so many great things, and uh, you've lived a good life, and you've lived it well, and uh, it's fantastic that you're still going. The Swagger book comes out in November, and uh, hopefully, you'll get down to Jimmy Johnson's when we make those arrangements and be able to talk. Well, with let us me know when you're going. I'd love yeah, to. Love, yeah. uh, love, love doing the book with Jimmy, and it's going to be a lot of fun when it comes out. We'll oh. be at the Actually, we're going to the Miami Book Fair to, for me and him, and we're going to talk about it there. So it'll be a lot of fun this fall with the release of it. Nice. That sounds good. All right, we'll let you go to well, work. Uh, you know. th- thanks so much for uh, uh, taking a great advantage of your time here this morning, but we always appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Dave, for doing that. All right, Depot. Take care. All right, okay. thanks a lot. Dave, bye. Interesting. You know, I mean, look, you're going to get some pushback on the whole Serena thing. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> Uh, you know, it is a bit harsh, I guess, to overlook the entire story <laughs> just based on the fact that she wanted to shove a tennis ball. I mean, you can just like her. Ass. I agree with having a negative opinion of her as a person, but, you know, I, her tennis story is not that. Oh, no, it's phenomenal. I mean, come on. She's like Jackie Robinson. I mean, in a, in a way, yeah, in a way. I mean, she's incredible. The game. And, and Venus uh, shouldn't be overlooked either. I mean, uh, Venus yes. isn't talked about as much because she... Uh, sort of uh, faded out of the uh, top spots there uh, a little sooner. And she's older than Serena, but, man, I mean, she, you know, her accomplishments alone would be enough ah! to celebrate. Dear right, Mayo, Venus? Mayo is like, stop being such a bitter old man. That's my job. 
They were probably showing some of the same things I did. I mean, the wrestling costume, that was something. They really did. They had, like, Carol King, Billie Jean King, and, and the only thing missing was, was Don, Don King <laughs> from this whole charade. No, no, I mean, I, it was a fitting tribute. I, I'm, I'm glad she won because it really would have been deflating to lose to this girl who was doing everything in her power. I mean, uh, you, you were expecting to see red clots pop up in the coach's box <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Tell her, hey, go ahead and double fault again, sweetheart. I mean, please. Yeah, that was an embarrassment. Uh, you know, how, how the U.S. I, brilliant job of scouting by the U.S. Uh, Tennis Association. Right? That, that was the only girl in a draw that I think. There were some big upsets in the first round, though, Will it be? I, I was considering putting a couple of bucks on Cici Pass, thinking he was ready to break through. He got eliminated oh, in the first geez. round. Oh, God. Because I was trying to figure out, you know, somebody outside of the, uh, you know, the obvious to win the tournament because I felt that the, uh, you know, not that Cici Pass wouldn't be a normal consideration. He probably had like, I don't know, he might have been 20 to 1 or something like that to, to win this thing. And, and then the other guy that had been playing well most of the season and has uh, maybe the hottest girlfriend on the tennis tour, which is saying a lot is this American, Taylor Fritz. Have you seen this guy? He looks a little bit like John Mayer with a racket. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and has the kind of babes that only Mayer could attract, right? I mean, uh, on a regular basis. I, I don't know. I guess he's been pretty steady with this one girl, but she is like an Internet sensation, Louie. And any time they go to the box, you don't even want them to swing back to the action until you've salivated over the possibility that, uh, <laughs> what if I was a pro tennis player? <laughs> Maybe they'll take that last win over Dr. Jerry and uh, consider putting me in the draw next year on a wild card, which is where uh, Serena's status was, correct? Where, uh, you know, she, she probably didn't even belong in a tournament from a credential uh, standpoint, except for the fact that, you know, maybe she was playing like under the old Arnie Palmer is in the Masters, uh, you know, auspices, where, where, you know, I mean, you're bringing in the shot. But she, she, you don't remember the mongoose Archie Moore, no. uh, Luby, historically? no. I mean, the guy was like 50 years old. He, he was still fighting. You know, they would throw him in there, literally, I guess, like Marciano or something. He'd get clobbered, knocked down the first round. He'd be scrambling around. That, that's kind of what Serena looked like uh, in that first set yesterday. And then um, glimpses of the distant past. Chris Everett was really laying it on like she's uh, back to her game. Uh, come on, Chris. We love you. You don't need to do that, sweetheart. Hey, you just don't. <laughs> I love you're the only one that feels this way. Everyone's like, it was such a great moment. It was so amazing to see Serena <laughs> do what she did. And you're like, what the hell is that? This bum. Oh, they throw this bum at show. her. <laughs> Joe Lewis was fighting better quality opposition in the bum of the month club. He really was. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. No, this girl, she literally gave the match to, to Serena Williams. I mean, uh, not intentionally. I'm sure she was, oh, you know, I, I mean, just groping. To find, uh, you know, any kind of a game under, I mean, you know, you, you couldn't help but feel for her. I mean, the entire 23,870 people who were paying thousands. And, and I would say of the 23,000, 22,000 of them were, you know, uh, you know, at least B-list celebrities. Uh, right? Oh, well, for I that mean, price. Uh, you're looking around, and you're like guys, are you trying to figure, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's guy uh, used to work with Constance, Bill McAtee. Remember him? Yes. I don't know. I mean, like, and he's in the like row Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's thousands of dollars of section four fifty eight up there, you know, and paid like a dime for the tickets because they wouldn't even comp him, even though he was like with uh, the network for twenty years. Yep. <laughs> Honestly. 
right? Uh, no, I, I mean it, it was it was all justifiable and uh, worthwhile, and, and I'm sure, as Dave said, they probably should have been appreciated as a wonderful ceremony. The Mustang was getting mad at me for rooting against Serena. <laughs> He says uh, she wants her to go out a winner. I said she's not going to win a tournament. I mean, uh, you know, she's going out a loser. She's going to lose her last match. She is. I mean, look, she's she's not going to win the tournament. There's no chance. I would bet every dime I have. Don't well, do that. that isn't much. Just don't That's not significant then. enough. Don't do it. I would bet every dime I owe you, Luby. Yeah, exactly. That but, you uh... would. I'm sure you would. Again, don't do that. I don't think she won the ma- the tournament, but. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I believe she'll get knocked down in the next yeah, it's not round. If she uh, musters up a miracle, now this uh, Conviat, uh, I, I, she she's the most mysterious number two player in, in any sport because uh, I've seen her play like brief glimpses. I couldn't tell you much about her game. Uh, somehow she sustained being number two in the world. She kind of had like a little bit of a slump recently. So there are people that believe that Serena's in there with a shot against this woman. But. Uh-huh. Uh, she played very poorly last night uh, in the first set that she won that first set is uh, absolutely an abortion in terms of a result well, not to bring up Roe versus Wade and uh, you know <laughs> hey Ronnie boy what do you think about that <laughs> talking about our good friend Ron DeSantis there governor of Florida don't get me started Louie I'm not saying anything <laughs> don't get me started I'm out of all that <laughs> I'm good <laughs> These ads, though, are very clever, though, that they are, are targeting against Charlie Crist, where uh, he talks about how wonderful Joe Biden is. That'll I, get the attention. I thought they were good. I thought they're great Chris commercials. And I'm like, Ron DeSantis. I'm like, who's mad at Biden right now? I'm like, these are the, this is the, the stupidest time commercials ever. I'm like, Biden, literally, the last two months, his approval rating has doubled. <laughs> Inflation shrunk. The, the deficit shrunk. Oh. Uh, gas prices have shrunk. Like, every people are actually high on Biden right now. So I'm watching the commercial. I'm like, oh, good for Chris. You should be with Biden. I'm like, oh, that's a DeSantis commercial? Like, that was a stupid-ass DeSantis yeah, commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Goldschmidt of the uh, Cardinals is not as hot as Joe Biden is I'm right like, now. Yeah, that's a weird commercial. And he might win a triple crown. Exactly. All right, uh, we're going to come back with more. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. We'll be down here. Dave Hyde uh, will join us. Mike Mayo, I think, is going to go for sure. Yeah, Hyde you, you would have would. to think Let's Mayo. If he, uh, you know, is not uh, busy with, uh, you know, as many different things that he's doing right now, wearing about 300 different food hats and uh, consuming a lot of food, which uh, where is this uh, place we're going to be top round today, right? Somewhere in uh, downtown downtown, uh, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. What's that going to consist of? No idea. Massive amounts of uh, burgers. I mean, uh, that's going to be interesting to see how he wiggles his way out of that. (laughs) Anyway, he's not going to wiggle his way out of going out to Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill because uh, he's going to love it. Mike Mayo, the very discriminating gambling gourmet. I I can't wait for him. If he makes a face when he tries that Italian fisherman pizza, then all credibility is gone. (laughs) Then you know he's just doing it to be an irritant. And, you know, uh, come up with something contrary, like the Panthers are going to lose in the first round. I mean, you know he's just doing it purposely to be, you know, a contrarian. Uh, Because it's great. And I I think Mayo's going to love all the food down there and be overwhelmingly impressed. And that's good because now you're getting it from a high-end, qualified, professional food critic. Yes. The same thoughts that we share and, uh, you know, are readily available to uh, come to the same conclusion that everything you have at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill that comes off the menu is great. And, and they'll come off the menu. You want something special, you go ahead and mention it. Man, they'll probably make it for you. That's the way they are down there. Atmosphere is great. Uh, the scenery couldn't be any better. It's absolutely the best vibe you're going to find anywhere in the Keys. You can schlep all the way down to Key West. 
You can risk your life on that seven-mile bridge and all of that and then get down there and be disappointed because Sloppy Joe's is closed and the happy hour doesn't exist anymore. Stop in at Mile Marker 104 and uh, just rejuvenate your spirit for life at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, where they have everything you could possibly want all rolled into one place. A fabulous piece of uh, grounds there that they've developed is Larry Calvano. Wow. I mean, you talk about a smart guy. Uh, perfect. I mean, for the casual, for the elegant, well, whatever it is that you want, they have it there at Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. Mile marker 104, the overseas highway in Key Largo. All right, Louie and I are coming back in a moment. Glad you guys are tuned in here today. 12 o'clock today. Uh, this is more or less, I mean, it's, it's been the Mike Mayo shovels a sandwich well, I, in his face. And I blame Sarney uh, for this. Look, I egged him on with that hot dog. I, I agree. I admit it. He yeah. would have probably done five and been happy. I thought he could do seven. And we found he's a lot for a guy you question. It was a fair number. It was a fair. No, it was number, doable. But, but what I'm saying is, you question his athletic abilities. I found him to be very competitive. I didn't realize that he had this competitive level. Oh, he's very competitive. So once yeah. I set it at seven, when he didn't hit seven, he was really disappointed in himself. He so, went into a funk. Sarney, I, Sarney, I don't know if he signed his death warrant, but we just wanted a sandwich a day during our show, five days a week. Sarney. Mocked him on the weekends. Yes, yes. So now he set his sights on these weird freaking numbers where he's like, you know what? I'm at 32 at 24 days. I can get to 50. So now he's loading it by having us go to these freaking sandwich shops where they bring him eight sandwiches and he eats at least half of every sandwich. Or the whole one sometimes. I mean, I don't need him dying on air. I really don't. I blame you, Jim Sarney. I blame you because this man is now... Have we known anybody that croaked on the air before? I, no, we haven't. We have not. And I don't want it to be my I'm trying to think. I've been doing this a long right time. Uh, you know, and, and there have been some guys who have certainly been, uh, you know, appearing to be day-to-day <laughs> that I've worked with. <laughs> there was a guy many years ago named Larry Kent, man. He was the size of a house. Oh, he, he had a great voice. Right? He was mostly a salesman, but he did a talk show on a weekend. He could have. He checked out on the air. I mean, you would have said, okay, that's possible. I'm just telling you. There have been others. I mean, there have been others that you looked at and you said, "Mm, you know, this guy is certainly questionable. Maybe he should be on IR instead of on the air. (laughs) 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 Just go on injured reserve. Now, Mayo is not anywhere near that stature. Uh, Sarney is a Spengali, though, uh, when it comes to Mayo. But whatever it is that Sarney tells Mayo to do, he's doing it. And and, and that's, you know, Jim knows that. And and he's taking advantage of the situation. This is ridiculous. Yeah, and then I, wonder, I don't know if it was like that, the relationship with the paper, the paper to paper. But, um, you yeah, know, he, uh, I don't know. It's he certainly has a big influence. I mean, you know, who, who tells a guy, hey, you have to eat like 50 sandwiches. And all of a sudden the guy's on a faster pace than Aaron Judge. Is. Exactly. It's nuts. Now, tomorrow we end up, uh, you know, this is going to be hard for me to resist because, you know me, I, I really don't like uh, eating in the middle of the day. That's just not my thing. You're anymore. not going to turn it down with spotters. La Spana's original hoagies, uh, Lauderdale by the Sea, will be there tomorrow and, and wrap up the whole campaign there for Mayo. And hopefully he, he has an epiphany just... and or somebody just hits him in the face <laughs> and says, have a salad, brother. Oh, my God. Now we, need, we need Mayo to stick around. Yes, please. Yeah. He's on to something freaking with me out. Lunch he is. Yeah, and he, the show is great and the sandwiches have been fun. He's on to but... something. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. fact that last week the guy brought out all that food. You and I restrained ourselves. Before the end of the show, he had eaten everything. It's everything. Like, he can't say no. Then don't He wrapped on. his hands around that thing. The one thing I, I really wanted to try more than all of the others, as great as it all was, what was that chicken sandwich. Yes, with it looked the bomb great. Sauce. And I almost went back because uh, I was at uh, in the vicinity. Let, let's put it that way. I was degenerating on Saturday and Sunday due to the Mustangs 
success. And, uh, you know, I, and I was telling people about this place. Yeah, it was great. Shefferies. Sheffery Eats. Uh, right, right outside this uh, Broski's Cider Works. It, it was absolutely fantastic. It really was. And uh, I want to try that chicken sandwich. But, uh, I mean, the way that... How does Mayo slime the sandwich like that? And, and then, it's, oh, oh, would you like some? It's like the guy like puts a whole hot dog in his mouth, takes it back like out, and then says, "Hey, you want a bite?" Oh, yeah, we're supposed to share that. Okay, Mike. I would have thrown a hot dog at Serena. No. <laughs> Listen, see, I, I don't want to be misunderstood on this. I, I acknowledge her greatness. I, I really do. I mean, she's brilliant. Uh, who, who the hell could beat oh, when she was in in the prime well, of her prime, career? Yeah. I mean, so unbeatable of a force. You, you don't see this in sports very often in any sport. Tiger no, Woods no. was that way, right? Yes. I mean, uh, up there with uh, any of the greats, Jordan. Michael Jordan, obviously, yeah. with the six championships. Yeah. Everybody, you know, will make that comparison. She she deserves to be in all of those uh, conversations yes. and on all of those short lists. And uh, you know, was a brilliant player. So. I, I don't know. There are just a few things about her that rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, unfortunately, it's rubbed me so far the wrong way against her. that, uh, <laughs> you know, if she had collapsed last night, I probably would have been upset. But uh... <laughs> <You would have cheered. laughs> Finally. <laughs> This thing would have punched no, you. I mean, you can't wish that. I mean, when Mayo said I was going to die within two years, I, I have to admit, like, very few things, like, uh, you know, hit me hard. But it was like, uh, that's a very harsh pronouncement. <laughs> So so is that. We don't wish injury on anybody. I know. I, I'm glad she won. In the end, I'm glad she won this match. It would have been really horrible if she had, had just looked as bad as she did in, in the first set of this match. And then, uh, you know, this uh, Kovinik had every chance to win the second set. I thought she was going to come out and bagel the girl. But uh, this is a fascinating thing. Uh, Leslie Visser always says this about the basketball tournament, NCAA basketball tournament. It's the phrase they use to, uh, you know, promote it. The tournament always delivers. Yes. This U.S. Open delivers. And, and tennis has never, never before been this wide open yeah. with a very high level of quality. I mean, uh, the depth at the top goes very, very, as Yogi Berra would say, we have deep, deep depth. depth. Uh, you know, and, and that's why it was so wide open. I mean, this guy knocked off Titi Pass. I, I thought he was one of the contenders. Is Taylor Fritz one of the contenters on the men's side? Almost yeah. anybody would have told you. If you asked for five guys that could win the tournament, those guys would have been at least on every list. One, one or both of them. And and they're both gone in the first round. Simona Halep, who was playing great, right? Just won a championship. Uh, just won a tournament recently, and uh, she's with uh, our guy Patrick Moratuglu, yep. who is no longer coaching Serena. Now coached by Renee Stubbs, who got a lot of camera time uh, yesterday during the tournament. Renee Stubbs. I, I guess she works uh, with the network, so why not focus in on our girl? But uh, and uh, I don't know how what, what, that they're going through more signs than a third base coach <laughs> at this point. Have you noticed that? You're not now that they can coach them. out of the box. Oh, you can't. No, they changed the rule. Yeah, okay. you can coach from the box. I mean, okay. you can't go crazy. You know, guy, like when the guy's in the middle of, uh, you know, the opponents in the middle of their serve, the coach can't yell, "Hey, fuck you, miss it." <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that, but uh, you know, nothing extreme. But uh, they're giving signals all the time. And uh, she she was all over it. Although I I thought they were signaling for oxygen for Serena, I really did. I I, I literally thought she was going to have like somebody wheel up a tank <laughs> in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the match. Good thing she won it in straight sets because if it went a third, that was it. No standing eight count. Fighter cannot be saved by the bell. All right, uh, we're coming back with more here in a moment. Uh, we'll come back and wrap things up. Show is flown by. Thanks to Dave Hyde for joining us here on the program. 
Gambling Gourmet uh, from Top Round. Uh, do we know how to find that place? Is it right off Federal Highway? He says uh, Federal me... and Broward Boulevard, so I presume it's near the downtown. Right there in the front. corner? Okay, because he sent me directions, and it looked like it was sort of indented a little bit. I presume I it's like Riverfront it. downtown area. I don't know. I haven't been down there in a long time, so I'm with oh, you. Oh, Riverfront downtown area. Well, I'm just All thinking, right. Broward Boulevard, US 1, isn't that like downtown? Like prime downtown? I don't know. So And it's right downtown. Together, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you're sitting in front of the uh, courthouse looking at a judge. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe well may, may just off, I'm thinking about it. Maybe just off of downtown. In, uh, like where there's offices. All right, we'll stuff, see if we so can we'll find see. it. Uh, you have no trouble with that. Uh, Why me, on the other hand. <laughs> the GPS existed for 20 years. <laughs> All right, that, that's coming up at 12 o'clock. And uh, we're coming back with uh, more to wrap things we'll up in a moment. It. Now that. The time. It's 8.51. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant. And you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion unmatched and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place. And that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Are we all in stable but critical condition? Is that the way all life is, Luby? In in a general, more figurative sense? Would you say you're in stable but critical condition? I believe you are right now. Probably. On the threshold of getting married uh, in the early portion of 2021. Don't you think it's a little soon, kid? You barely notice women. What are you doing? We've been together four years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess you know enough. Uh, (laughs) As long as you want her to put up with me. Is it you that's pushing for this? Equal. We're both very happy and in love. It's very gross. Oh, my God. All right. It's a foreign concept. Uh, You have to understand where I'm coming from. 0 for 2 with a walk. And, you know, right now I think I got a 3-2 count in the marriage from 3. And only because of the benefit of a really poor call on a ball that was clearly right down the middle of the plate. You know one of those Angel Hernandez calls. Get out of here. Enjoy your trip to work with lots of laughs thanks to Defo and Luby. Now on the Defo Show.
All right, the uh, continuation of Death Wish 4 uh, being uh, filmed today in Broward County. If uh, we can find his top round place, which I believe is uh, very much uh, in, in full visible uh, sight there. If you get to the corner of uh, Broward and Federal Highway, if you're in town, come on by. And they have some great food there. And uh, Mike Mayo has decided to bust the charts. He, he's going to try to top 50 uh, you know, sandwiches in one month. I believe he's eating more than that. You know, that, that's, a, that's a scary thing about yep. Mike. Yep. Yeah. I think he's underplaying and, uh, it. Because, well, we've been hard on him with some of these things that a lot of people would consider sandwiches. Yeah. So that, like, him saying 43 is actually him underselling it. That's what's scary. And then when these... That's the redacted, uh, you know, number. We go to these places, they've watched the other shows, and look, I appreciate it. You know me, I'm all for food, yeah. but I take home food and eat it slowly. Mayo yes. dives in on air eating anything they give him and it's like dude like how much are you going to eat in like a month span like a body can only take so much freaking uh pac-man i mean he, yes, he's unbelievable. that's what it's like like Pac-Man. unbelievable i mean i just I, he grabbed like seven different things <laughs> at that last uh, sitting we were at <laughs> there at the Ciderworks place broski Ciderworks, and uh I, i'm a little afraid about what's gonna happen <laughs> so today they're telling you the truth you want to come out there and check it out uh, that's uh, gonna be noon to one here if you want to witness uh, on air i mean Look, I was reading an article about what, uh, you know, uh, guys that were on death row were ordering before they went to the chair. Okay. Or whatever, lethal injection. Um, you know, and, and some guys didn't need anything, right? Uh, very rarely, though. Uh, you know, and, and Mayo, I mean, literally, he's had these uh, presentations in front of him that, that you're thinking, you know, he's going to, you know, get a comment like uh, when, when a warden looks down and says, okay, go ahead, uh, you know, you got an hour. You know, the warren's going to say, you want anything else, Sarah, Mike? What else could you want? Unbelievable. Right? I know this is going to be uh, your exit visas. But, uh, no, it'll be a lot of fun uh, later on today. And this place is supposed to have some great sandwiches. Roast beef is their thing. Top round. So uh, we'll be out there with uh, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. Uh, that's coming up 12 o'clock today here on South Florida Live. Uh, tomorrow we go old school with Tony Segreto. Uh, Tony has to be just absolutely gassed up and, and geeked out. As, uh, you know, the college football season is on the horizon here, and he loves it. Uh, he already had an angle on a couple of games there. Uh, did he like Nebraska to beat Northwestern? He didn't like Nebraska. No, I don't think he I, – I, I don't know if he gave a pick, but he was sort of questioning Frost. It's like, this is Frost's last gasp effort, and we saw it. <laughs> he, he gasped. <laughs> it is interesting, you know, because the guy literally – I mean, and we've seen guys go to their alma mater – after having uh, successful careers, you know, at another place, like Roy Williams, you know, goes to North Carolina. He yeah, was very successful yeah, as a coach at Kansas. And, uh, you know, we've seen it uh, happen where it works out. Uh, but in this case, it looks like uh, it was uh, the direct reversal. I yep. mean, the antithesis of what you would want, yep. where you, you have it made in the shade there. You've got UCF getting uh, international acclaim. Yep. And they were just The University building. of Central Florida. And they were building. Which... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, they, you know, have been on the map, I, I guess, coming on as a school of choice because they have like what eighty thousand yeah. students <laughs> that got rejected from Florida and Florida State. <laughs> Not to diminish it, my son went there. I was fine my with it, right? Did. I mean, wasn't like I was, uh, you know, a pillar of academic achievement in my lifetime either. Hey, look, he made out well for himself, the kid, right? He's doing yeah, great. Yeah, doing great. Yeah, so uh, you know, I mean, you never know how that's going to play out, but. Uh, uh, the UCF football program certainly, I mean, it was all right. No, it barely but, existed. Uh, it wasn't a monster. And Frost builds them up to this point where, uh, you know, people are on campaign saying they should be the national champion. They got robbed. Well, he was robbed. Yep. 
Goes to Nebraska, and man, I mean, you talk about road end size egg over there, including, uh, I mean, just a humiliating loss (laughs) in front of the entire uh, nation of Ireland who's witnessing this football, and they realize. Wow, a bozo move by a coach. And now, see, I'm a fan of the onside kick attempt there. I I don't mind it. Yeah. If it doesn't work, you you still have a chance to stop him, which uh, they also were incapable of doing. So, I mean, to kill the guy over that, uh, you know, obvious turning point in any game when you're giving them the ball back after they, uh, you know, looked like they were going to be hopelessly out of the game and you had all the momentum going. I mean, it's a huge uh, swing of all mode, but. Can you really fault the guy? I mean, if guys never take chances, we're, we're the yeah, quickest to condemn that yeah. they're coaching uh, acumen and, you know, the fact that they're uh, conservative is a till of the hunt, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you got to, I mean, uh, but uh, the fact that it backfired was just unfortunately part of the story of this tailspin that the Scott Frost career has been on ever since he left what looked like it could have been a dream situation. Yep. Obviously, he could have named his place, right? Yeah. Or was he Lincoln Riley? Coming off the campus there of Oklahoma, sure. Scott Frost, everybody wanted this guy. Yeah, the UF one. I mean, he was a wanted guy, and now no one's going to want him. I, I He's going to be coaching in the XFL <laughs> somewhere in Canada. <laughs> you got a coat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, he must in Nebraska. It gets cold up there, too. All right, uh, well, we have to run. And uh, it's been great being with you all morning long. Really had a lot of fun today. Thanks to Dave Hyde for joining us. Uh, we'll see you at 12 uh, from Top Round. We'll be on the road today and tomorrow with Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. Tomorrow, the spot is Original Hokies, Lauderdale by the Sea. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. You, you know that Mayo's going to rip me for ordering the tuna on whole week, which I no, love. I presume they're going to go crazy, too, because a lot of these, and that's what I meant to say when we got to get out of here, but these what, what's happening is these people are watching what we're doing, and I appreciate it because yeah. I'm getting to eat for like a week off these places. So yes. there, one place is out doing the next place is out doing the next place. But that's my fear is, first of all, this place today told Mayo to wear stretchy pants, so I don't even know what the hell that means. And no, then that's La, not good. La Spada's yeah. is known for pouring it on, so what the hell are they going to We've been in connection with them for I don't know. years. Yeah. Like, and, and he's had this weird thing with La Spada, so he's going to try and compete with them. Like, I'm scared to death tomorrow what the hell that meeting of the minds is or the I mean uh, do we have to bring like a plastic body bag yeah, I mean exactly. uh, you know to the, <laughs> like the more like to the remotes <laughs> and that's where we put the logo of the station on South Florida Live <laughs> I don't think so no Mayo's uh, he's counterbalancing that with the uh, you know the walk of life he, he well, seems to be somewhat engaged in that lot. although every day it's like less and less um I, you know, but that, that, that'll keep him going. He's young enough. He can bounce back from this. I, I really believe he can. I hope so. I'm freaking out. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens today. Uh, you know, tune in. Be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if he uses that same technique again, where he just grabs the shit and shoves it in his face, um, kind of a turn up for, uh, you know, us participating in that. Right, Louie? And you hate to ask the guy to make you like a separate burger. But um, I'm, I'm with you. I still have leftovers from that Friday thing. And, uh, you know, I'm looking for, I was going to, you know, sort of, you know, consolidate it all and maybe even toss it out. And I said, no, this stuff's too good. I'm going to hang on to it for another couple of days. All right. So we'll see you guys 12 o'clock today. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. For Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Tomorrow, Tony Segreto. Thursday, the Hylia Park Trivia Challenge. Friday, I mean, a full-blown degenerate Friday with all kinds of degeneracy to uh, engage in. It's just going to be a heck of a party on Friday's show here. So uh, join us then, 7 to 9 here Eastern, and you can follow the archive. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, South Florida Live, and Luby will be delighted.
because uh, then we can say, hey, look at this. We got people. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow at 7 as we leave it on that. The time. It's uh, 9.02. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my soul.